Never mind. I was going to break. He was on the other one. Shane, buddy. What's up, guys? How are you doing? Oh, a smooth voice. I'm in. Holy crap! I'm out. I'm out. (laughs) DJ's like, no more. We don't need this anymore. (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. What's going on? Holy crap! I was no. I saw you pop up in the other window, and Giles and I were going to do the switcheroo over to there. But then, look at you. Tech savvy Shane popping in on this window. Yeah, I saw the nice. two links. I saw the two links. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I guess he's go. uh, going over. Yeah, <laughs> going over, going under. We, uh, I gave out one time. My second day starts off great. Todd and I hit it right at six a.m. And then the next person that was supposed to be up, my buddy Martin. I'm like seven o'clock. I'm like Martin, where are you? Goes, I'm in bed. You told me eight o'clock. I'm like, son of a, oh God. (laughs) (laughs) So after that, everybody was like, everybody's going to be off by an hour. (laughs) So, oh my God. Look look at the Zach's Boca back there. Creamy. Oh yeah. Zach's using a, using a, what is this? A Sony a seven. Yeah. Yeah. Complete overkill for a webcam. (laughs) (laughs) I use it when I do most of my corporate, uh, my corporate teams calls. Yeah. I like it. Jealous. Jealous. Oh my God. There's all these professionals here. So, but yeah, thanks, Zach. Oh, really appreciate it. You put this around professionals. No, no, no. <laughs> That's what I put around me. I'm surrounded no, by professionals. You guys don't get Some, air quotes. I do. <laughs> no, like, sometimes people are like, and today we're going to have. Giles on the show. <laughs> yeah. No, no, Is that's really my person? name. <laughs> like, no, you don't put quotes around that. That's my name. No, I'm a car painter. No quotes. I am a car painter. You guys are the professionals in this industry. And Zach is, oh my, you're redesigning. I love what you're doing in your theater and redesigning I, and I, the passion. And everything. I, I would not be surprised um, for my whole NFC thing. If at some point it goes the way of like a lot of the modern games do now of like, oh. You go in, you buy the box, and it gives you a code to interact with it digitally. I could see that being the, the in-between of physical and streaming yeah. of you buy the card and you it can get access Did, to it that way or something. But Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right. Zach, thank you very much. Uh, we'll have you back soon. Later, buddy. Absolutely. Talk to you. See ya. Bye. Later. Peace out. And uh, peace out. <laughs> Shane, thanks for dropping in. Yeah, yeah. I was about to uh, edit some videos, but then I figured, hey, I would stop in really quick, see what's going on. Yeah, I've seen you. I I hit you up this week. I'm like, you've been popping into the chats. I've seen you in my videos and stuff, and I'm like, (gasps) I'm like, all right. And I was like, we have we have never met. I've been getting the recommendations. They're like, bloop, new stream. I'm like, oh, let me see what this stream is all about. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. Well, guys, we're talking. You actually came back. You it's like every time I open YouTube, back. it's like the first thing every day. It's like oh, one geez. of your video pops up. Yeah. Well, I am on a lot. I have to show you guys something. What's that? Oh. Ooh. It's my, what is that? It's chicken? It's my ramen. Oh, man. Because oh, it's, man. it's noon here. It's noon there. That's yeah, right. Well, I just told my listener, this is what my dinner is tonight. Spicy oh, Cheez-Its. That's painful. 
I just what went do to you Starbucks. got going there, Shane? I just went, to, oh, I just went and got me a pumpkin latte. Oh, <laughs> guys, that pumpkin spice. Jeez. Pumpkin spice, that's it, yeah. It's holiday time. Uh, what's the topic today? You know what? I did there a live stream. There is none, Shane. Oh, okay. I did a live stream last night for like two hours, and I had this guy on there that tried to convince everybody that pirating was legal. As long mm. his reasoning was, I've never gotten a takedown notice from the FBI or from my provider, so it's okay to share. Oh, sorry, they don't call it what? sharing; they call it leeching. It's okay to leech off of oh, each other. Oh, leeching is the worst. Yeah, it, it, they it, call even, it leeching. Yeah, I, I, if you're I, I, if you're in that subculture and you uh and and you like to pirate our right, leechers <laughs> are the worst of the worst because they don't provide anything. I have no idea what the difference is. I don't. So what, 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 yeah, uh, but that, but that's the thing. Yeah, it's like so, Robin Banks is okay. Nobody's ever caught me yet. Well, so you're a fast yeah, runner yeah. and it makes it legal. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, that's not how it works. Uh, I told him, listen, I said, I feel sorry for your life. If this is the worst thing that you're doing right now, obviously you're doing other illegal things in your life. So I feel bad yeah. for you. Well, like, like I said, Giles and I talked about this a few weeks ago when Zapidi first did their thing and Shane, I watched your videos too. And you, I loved your video, Shane, where you're like, I don't know if it's a video or you were on a stream with somebody, but you were like, our evolution, what's going on here? No, no, no. What was the one? Oh, where they put out the, someday this might go under, but you'll be covered. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. The, I was like, well, your, I saw your video and you said that and I was like, oh my God, that's, that's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm like, when your company, your new company, which is a, a mirror mm-hmm. of the company that just went under, but the new company comes out and says, don't worry. If we were ever to go under, you're covered. That's not a good opening line. Yeah. Why would you put that there, guys? Come on. Yeah. And it's like, Hey, do you guys want to, do you want to review this? I was like, I don't know. I feel a little bad reviewing it because. You're already off to a bad start already. So it's like, I already kind of promoted Zipedia at the beginning. They kind yeah. of just blew up. Yeah, you did. Now they're gone. And it's like, hey, do you want to check out our, our new stuff? I'm like, I don't know. You, you're already forewarning us that something could possibly go wrong already. So I would feel bad if I was just like, yo, this is the best player. All of a sudden next year, you're out of business again. So yeah. Yeah. The, I, the trust has been eroded for yeah. our evolution, however you want to say it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I have concerns. I agree. Yeah. I agree but, with you. and like, like we said in that when we were talking before, Giles, it's like, I think it also that, that trust eroding kind of permeates to the other platforms as well. Like Zoom, cause now you're like, what if it happens to them? Not that those companies want to, this to happen, but it's like, how do you, like what we were talking about before, it's like, how do you make it so that this doesn't happen? And that's what's so shocking to me about our evolution is they're doing exactly what they did mm-hmm. before in, and got them in trouble. Whereas yeah. like we were saying like Zoom and stuff like that, like they're not doing what they, they don't have the ripping machine. Kaleidoscape, they worked with the studios, so they're okay. Plex is kind of doing their thing so that they can still manipulate. But then our evolution goes, all right, we learned our lesson. Here's our name on this product again, a different name on the, pro- it wasn't the name that got you in trouble. <laughs> well, there's, there's more to the story too, right? So oh, is there? Yep. Yeah, there's there's two pieces. So um, the one piece is uh, the uh, the NAS, the ripping NAS that was on the market in the United States and then got pulled off, right? Um, 
and that was still available in other places. Uh, right. But apparently, and, and I don't know the full story, Shane might have more detail than I do. There was some internal strife with the company, with um, some, the owners or the stakeholder. I, I'm not sure what the structure of the entity was, but there was some kind of issue there. And um, the the way that it was resolved is that owners XYZ kind of went to do one thing, but they retained the Zipedi name and then owners QRS, uh, they, uh, they were like, well, we're going to start our own company. It's going to be called Arvolution. And, uh, and this has been apparently known about for a very long time because it's long enough for them to, uh, create pro- build product, right? Have it branded and build the, the new software stack, new, however new it is. It might just be rebrand of the old code or you know, there might not be much difference at all. Um, but there, you know, all of this stuff has been coming long enough that they were, they were able to say, okay, Hey, look, it's all coming in. Hey, guess what? You can go buy our stuff right now. So this, yeah. this wasn't anything shockingly new for anyone. And I don't know what all those details are, but there have been shenanigans on the back end for, uh, for their corporate entity or whatever. I, you know, I don't, I don't know how things are dealt with in France, but, uh, and then there's apparently legal battles and other stuff going on. So it's, it's, it's a mess. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was kind of telling me about some uh, internal stuff with the, one of the owners. I don't think I'm at liberty to say what it is, but I know where there's some financial stuff with the the previous owner. So they moved on from him. Okay. So that's part. So their entire issue might not have been the copyright issues and all that. Is that kind of what we're saying? Or is that just a complication of it as well? Yeah, I think it's like an all, you know, all grouped together type of thing. It's it's a big nasty ball of whatever nasty balls are made out of. I'm sure selling. I'm sure selling a device that breaks DRM and ripping it and selling it to the masses in America was not a good idea either. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was a, it was a hugely stupid idea. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. That's and that's mm, and that's it's it's funny. So I don't know. I, I just rather not keep on going on that road. <laughs> I mean, um, if I sit a patch on. <laughs> and and I look at that that product. I'm like, ah, it's the best thing ever. Arr. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but from a from a, I want to run a business point of view. You know, if they have any kind of legal counsel, which I don't, well, maybe they do now. Um, yeah. You know that that's you know that's a non-starter, right? It's, yeah. It, it blows my mind. Yeah. Do you got? I got a question for the two of you. Do you want to do that over on the other side? You want to both that way because we have to we have to switch to the other stream. So yeah. just because YouTube only allows so many hours. So let's do a switch here and I'll oh. ask you, here's the question to get all the viewers that we have here to switch over. The question is, like you said, Shane, I don't necessarily want to review that product. Um, how do you reconcile that when a company comes to you with this and you're like, mm. or are you like me? And it's like, I'll, I'll tell you how I handle stuff like that and why I'm okay with what I'm doing. So let's pick that up on the other side and both of us can yeah. switch over. Cause I'm going to, I'm already there. Let's actually, actually both of you add it to the, let me add it to that stage. There we go. I will, uh, let me go live over there. So I'm over there as soon as you guys grab your links. You Cause you should be able to do both over there. All right. Oh, I'll see, I'll shame. see you over there. All right, I'm over there now, and Shane's over there now. Shane's oh. over there now, right now. There we go. Oh, look at that! Who's Jones? All right, 
Um, we are, they are over there. I'm ending the first stream now. Um, Giles is just joining in over there. So Giles is over there. I am over there. Thank you everybody for the first part of the three-parter. We're ending that stream and I will see you over on the new stream. So you just go, you'll, you'll see where it is. See you there. And then, all right, let me hit end. Oh, it's here. All right. It's just, look at that. How we did that. And <laughs> I guess, I guess I said cancel this link that I left in my community tab then for the old one. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. Do you want me All to right. restream this out to, uh, to my audience as well? You can if you want. Knock yourself up. Yeah. Button. Yeah. Is this? Yeah. That'd be great. We have, th- we've already, I mean, the people are, they're, they're migrating over. So, but yeah. Oh, I can do that Van too. Go- yeah. Oh, in the right hand yeah, corner. I, I yeah. I think we can do, I can do up to, uh, uh, if you can do it, do it, because I think okay. you can do up to so many streams at a I time. I think as as participants, we can go to two things. I think. Oh, okay. Because okay, so I'm already on me, and it's on Twitter as well. Uh, so it's but yeah, if you guys want to put it out there, knock yourselves out. That's great. I mean, I'm not, I'm not doing this for ratings because I mean, geez. <laughs> what what is the title of the stream? Is it like I go all day and all night? Can't no, it's not 24, 24 hours. hours of home theater. Did I go this, all uh, day and all night. <laughs> did this work? Let me say. Is, is it on my channel? Fancy StreamYard doing some fancy stuff here. Yeah. You don't use StreamYard, Shane? I use, what do EV, you use? EV Mux. Oh, okay. I've been, I've been using this one for almost a year now. Um, I um, I was using that, but then EV Mux is like 1080p for half the price of StreamYard. I was like, it's no brainer for me. Oh wow! And it's half the. How is it at? What I like about it is being able to manipulate the backgrounds and stuff, and and do this. Is it as allow you to be as creative or more creative? Um, certain things you can be more creative with, like different pre rolls, and I, I think you can do pre rolls here and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. backgrounds and all that. I think they're pretty much the same. And then there's like a studio mode where you can queue up what you want the next shot to look like too. Oh. Yeah. So that's right. pretty cool. I like that. We're going to have to talk. Yeah. It feels <laughs> like I'm always looking OBS. to upgrade. What's that? It sounds like it's kind of a mix between OBS and StreamYard maybe with like features of each. Yeah. Kind. Oh, wow. And it's cheaper. Damn. And it's cheaper. Damn. I'm all about that. Cheap life. Yeah, that's, that is, so any, yeah, me too. Um, this one, yeah, this one isn't cheap, but it's not the most expensive either. I was using the uh, most expensive one before, but now this one has kind of surpassed that. Yeah, it's like 50 bucks, right? This one here for what I'm doing is 50 bucks. Yeah. And uh, EV Mug is 25 for like the same stuff. So thank you for doing the math. I'm not very. Oh, it's funny. I'm just meeting the guy and I'm already using sarcasm and joking with him. Whoops. <laughs> Sorry, it's Shane. All, all good. <laughs> Ain't nobody nah, special. Just yeah, exactly. I'm just like Giles. I'm just a normal guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, oh yeah. So like Shane, that was a great point. You said like they, I don't have that issue. I don't have companies coming at me telling me, Oh, I would like you to review this product. I'd like you to do this. And honestly, I've, I've had a couple of smaller companies ask me and I've said, no, that's not what I do. I don't want to do that. How do you like, like I, I love my Zipidi. I love all my equipment. I actually went out, sought it out, bought it and I talk about it. 
Now, how do you, now I don't feel bad because I'm just like a regular consumer. So my Zipedi's a brick or whatever it is right now. I don't feel yeah. bad. But like you said, Shane and Giles, how do you do like, cause you do have people seeking you out. How, how do you do that? How do you rectify that? Like in your head and stuff? Well, no, it's got to be part of your repertoire for sure. Right. Yep. It gets applied in different ways. Okay. Uh, mine is whoever pays me more. That's who. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm there, there is the concept of being coin operated. You know, like, you know I know robots that have the slot on the back and you put the money in and then it talks or moves. Yeah. Hmm. Um, you know, wind up. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Oh, wow. Thanks, Shane. Subscribe to DJ's channel. Thanks. Appreciate that. Man, look at that. You're growing your, your presence. So yeah, here's the here's the quick and dirty. You get me. five. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I say yeah, I say no whenever I don't like the product. Some some people are into negative content, right? They want to find a oh. product that sucks so yeah. they can tear it down. I, I don't do that, right? So yeah. if I don't have a product on my channel, um, it's either because one I couldn't get it or two I don't like it, right? So right. So a lot of times you'll see like you know X Y Z channels. Everybody's doing the same thing. And some will be good, some will be neutral, some will be bad. And if I'm not doing it, that's because I just don't like it. And I don't want to put out the negative content. I don't have enough time for that in my life to make content about a piece of equipment or whatever it might be that I just don't like. And then philosophically, if I don't agree with, uh, you know, the purpose of a product uh, and the, like the, the ripping NAS is, is an example, right? So I did a review back in the day of the Speedy player, but I, I, I didn't do the NAS because that's just straight up illegal, right? And, and I don't want that content out there and I don't, I don't want to be associated with it. Um, so that's, you know, I, I just, just say no. Right. And I, I don't put it out there for people. I don't say, Hey, guess what? Somebody approached me and I didn't want to do their stuff. I don't do that either. I just, I just don't do it. I just tell them thanks. No, thanks. Yeah. And that's, and that's what, you know, what's funny is to, to build off of that is like I, bright side. I'm, it's a play on words. I mostly talk about what the experience is in the room on the bright side of the screen, right? But it's also, I only want to be positive. Okay. And what I found is over the, and I'm like this in everything in life. And I had a, I, I had a boss 20 years ago that used to call me and be like, DJ, just please, I just need to hear the bright side of the, and he wouldn't say bright side, but he tell me the positive side of this, whatever's going on in the company. But, a lot of people get the misconception that you like everything because yeah. you don't do negative, right? And it's like, no, I just don't choose to tell you what I don't like. If you ask me about something and I don't like it, I will tell you the truth. But I'm not coming on here to tell you, hey, look, everybody, I just found the worst product ever. That's that's not entertainment to me. You yeah, know? I think some, some brands don't like it if you you have anything negative to say. Like I reviewed uh, a pair of... I think Wharfdale speakers, the Diamond 1.2 or 10.2 or something like that. And it was just really just unnaturally thick in the mid range. And we brought that up. We were just like, yeah, it just sounds really weird. And then, uh, <laughs> they, they had emailed me back. Like me and my buddy had reviewed it together. It was on video. And then, uh, they were like, yeah, this is just the, the way we designed this particular speaker. That's why it sounds the way it does. And we like compared it to like, like a Bowers or something like that. So we, we just, we didn't say we didn't like it. We just said, had an unusually loud mid range and they didn't like that. And they just kind of ghosted me from then on. So, yeah. So if, if you're, 
have anything to say that's slightly negative that they might think is negative, then they'll just drop you. And I know a lot of people, a lot of reviewers won't say anything negative. They just won't say anything. They'll just <laughs> say everything positive. So, which I get, but at the same time, it's like not everything can be positive. You got to have something. Yeah, but isn't there also something to that, Shane, that like maybe somebody likes it that way? Right. Yeah. So like maybe somebody would like that sounding that that sound. So it's like to be yep. on you gotta be honest and you say, to you that sounds weird, right? But maybe there's somebody that's like, No, I love that, you know, and it's like because we all have different ears, we all have different eyes, we we perceive the world differently. So maybe like and, and that's what's like if a manufacturer is trying to tout themselves as something that like, how do you appeal to everybody? You can't. We know that with our shows. You can't. Be, you, you be, oh, you should do this right. No, no, wait a minute. That, I'm doing it my way. It doesn't mean it's right or wrong. Right? But yeah. it's the same with the manufacturers. So that's kind of not even fair for them to look at you and go, well, what did you say that for? I found that to be the truth. <laughs> yeah. 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 Some people just can't, can't say any. I think, I don't know. I guess after you've established yourself for a while, it gets kind of, tricky because it's like you want to get the stuff into review people know you then it's like man do i want to burn bridges here so it's like right kind of a balancing act it's kind of sucks it but yeah at least that's what it's like for me i don't know what it is I, for I had a similar experience um you know i did a uh a review of a subwoofer i actually it was a comparison video and i was comparing a, a couple of different ones and um I, uh, I got some feedback from one of the brands. They were <clears throat> very unhappy that I would put their subwoofer on the same stage as another competitor of theirs. And uh, and then I didn't hear from them for a long time. But they came back later and they're like, hey, you want to do something again? I'm like, sure. So I, yeah. I guess they got over it. I don't know. Yeah. And that well, that's the thing, too. It's like you you're not we aren't you're not beholden to any one person right they if they're like that's it it's kind of like you know that like the only time if somebody's holding a grudge anytime they're holding a grudge they're only hurting themselves because usually the person that they're trying to be angry at doesn't even know it (laughs) so it's like your shows go on and then they come back and go well you know they they do do a good job so maybe i'll hit them up again (laughs) but then they kind then they're the ones that kind of burn the bridge you know Mm mm-hmm there, yeah, there, that does happen. I mean, there there are brands that, um, you know, just are more difficult to work with than others for whatever reason. Yeah, there's some brands I know. Giles reviewed one recently where they're just like they just want their review out quickly. They just they get on you. It's like, hey man, is that video done? Is that video done yet? I, like, I get that too. And and I have to say, I'm probably the well. Now that I know more about the industry, I, I was going to say that I'm one of the slower reviewers, but there are plenty yeah. of slow folks out there. So I maybe I just kind of mix into the background. But, you know, it, I, I don't do this as a full-time gig. So everything else in my life has to come first. So everybody out there, just right. so you know, um, when I say I'm going to do a video and it takes me three months to get it out, uh, and this is mo- mostly to my viewers who are like, I want this video. You said you're going to do it. Well, you know, <laughs> I have two kids and a job and a life and all this other stuff and and it's in on the list. I mean, I, I have a list, right? This whole thing is full of, of the videos I'm working on. So it's there. It'll get done. Just, you know. And please bear with do me. you ever do that? Do you guys do that? I'm just learning this. Like as, as like Shane, thank you for sharing. Thank you for guy, guys doing this. You see the viewership going up in the comments and everything. But it's like, it, it's, you're, 
do you find that it's like learn to keep your mouth shut about what's coming? <laughs> because then I, I, people start begging for it and you're like, I'm trying and it, it puts more pressure on you. No. Mm, I think if it's going to build up some anticipation, then I'll, then I hope I'll that's what's happening. Do it. I just yeah, tell myself that. So. I'm like, I don't know for sure. Yeah. Unless some, some branches just give you say like, Hey, this is an NDA. You can't talk about it till X date. So right. Then there's that too. Yeah. Uh, it's I like, no but I with those that you can't talk before this time. I'm all like, don't worry. No yeah, to you that fast. <laughs> yeah, it's, I just get so excited about stuff. Like I'm like I'm, I try to save stuff, and it's like, and now I I'm not doing review. And yeah, I see a scene in a movie, and I'm like, save this for the show, save this for the show, because I'm like, I can't wait to tell everybody about this one particular scene or something. And you're like, oh my god, it's amazing. And because I feel like if I went on like Twitter and I put it out, and then it's like, then I go to do it on the show, and it it might not have the same passion. So I'm like, just keep, hold it, hold it, you know, and hold on to it. And then, or I'll tell somebody I'm going to do this movie and then my mind takes me someplace else and I don't end up doing it. And then they're like, when are you doing it? Like, uh, you five, seven, one. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I hadn't gotten to it yet. I hadn't done it yet. And it's, that's, you know, listeners, they keep coming. They'll, they'll just like, like you said, like, when are you doing that review? When are you doing that review? And it's like, oh, I'll get to it. I swear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I had that. X, I did the XTZ cinema or review. That took me like a year to do. Like I had it for like a year, like boxed up for months and months. So sometimes, man, it, you know, time just gets away from you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, do you still, are you still running the trend off, Shane? And playing with the. Of course, uh, where else am I going to go? Did that on? <laughs> He's all like, let me go get this Marantz real no. quick. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I didn't know if you went to, like, oh, now, dude, have you seen the new Storm? I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's the business right there now. That's it's nice. Business. The only thing I have with that is, like, yo, they just came out with that last one a year and a half, maybe two years ago, and there's a new one. Mm-hmm. Trinov had theirs come out in 2015, and the replacement came out, I don't know, never, because it's still pretty relevant. So it's like, why would you Throw not? Throw it down. Why not just buy one and just have it <laughs> yeah. continuously be upgraded? Now, whoever yeah. bought the last year's storm, less versions, uh, storm, they probably got a little bit of FOMO because now, now there's a new one now that just came out. Yeah. That, so, there is that, but awesome. man, it's. Are they upgradable though? I thought storm was as maybe not as upgradable. I thought you could upgrade the storms. I know Trinov, you can. You, you can. Yeah, I, it just depends on okay. the feature set though. Like, uh, yeah. like their, their model that's all, uh, uh, Audio over IP, you know, obviously there are other models you can't really upgrade into that kind of technology. Oh, okay. Right. But the other pieces you, you can, you know, you can, the HDMI boards for most all of these, you know, Trinov, this, every, you know, Storm, they're, they're all uh, upgradable. But when you get to features like a fancy display on the front and that kind of stuff, no. Right. I mean, yeah. Mm, I'm not, I don't, I used to get into the fancy display on the front. But now all my stuff goes I know, in the closet. I know we had a, we talked about this with uh, John from Trinov. The uh, the storms are based on the chips. So whatever's in that chip is is what it is. So it's not software based. So it's not really software upgradable. So you're kind of stuck with whatever they have in that particular chip. It's basically just like a really stupid flip chips. Do you know? Um, I don't know what it is. The FPGAs. So if it's ASIC, those are completely burned and you can't do anything to it at all. Yeah. FPGAs are field programmable, so you can make some changes there. But ASICs are the fastest 
So I don't, yeah, I don't know what the architecture is. Yeah. But so I was going to say, kind of, how does like Turnoff do that? How does Turnoff put something out in, what'd you say, 2015? Their hardware yeah. can just, or do you have to upgrade? Are they upgrading the hardware as well? And you have to do that in the process. How does that work? Because well, wouldn't the software just bog it down, 2015 hardware? Well, they had two processors. They had the i3 and the i7 at the time. And I guess even now, the processes aren't bogging down either one, unless you get the i3, which they kind of capped at 16 channels. Um, mm-hmm. But then, you know, the the i7 version, the the 2432 channel version can do up to like 48 channels. I think mm. maybe more now. So it still hasn't bogged down the i that older i7 processor. So um everything's just a software based. So yeah, it's like it's like the Mad VR players. They're yeah. they're computers mm-hmm. and then they just drop whatever operating system on there that uh that they're going to use. I'm not sure what uh Chernov uses, but I think uh I think Mad VR is still using a version of Windows uh, as their backend. Yeah, yeah it is. So. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, because yeah. when he went to go uh, to like VNC inside the the setup for mine, when I did the review, everything's all Windows behind mm-hmm. the curtain there. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah I mean the the Mad VR is it's pretty simple architecture if you think about it. Yeah. You you got a computer and you've got a video capture card, right? And you plug in your your source there, right? What's coming out of your processor or whatever, and it captures it and then it processes it and then it spits it out. Uh, you know, HDMI port on a video card. Yeah, the only difference is they have their own. You know, uh, their own UI on top of whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. Is. Oh, it's That's totally it. worth it. I, I think it's a yeah. great product, and yeah. they've really optimized it for the commercial market. So it's it's, it's freaking awesome. Um, but it's not it's not like crazy secret sauce, right? The things that they're doing right. it's pretty straightforward, but they do it really, really well, and nobody else does. There's a guy that put up a YouTube video on how he made his own Mad VR. The only, the only difference is that you have to go in and just manually make yeah. settings through the program itself, which is can be a little cumbersome, I guess, but um well the Mad VR has the free software. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't do the aspect ratio and stuff. It does the tone isn't that basically just the tone mapping version of it. Correct? I think his did the, the aspect ratio switch as well. From oh, there, there, there yeah. is a disparity in the feature set, but I don't know what it is specifically. Yeah. Um, but if you've ever gone through have you set up Mad VR, the free version? Me it's, no, it's I've never. Beast. You're, I, yeah, I yeah. Shane, when you're like, it's kind of cumbersome. Man, it's like really cumbersome. Yeah, and it's not for me. It's not for the lighthearted to take on. Yeah, well, that's why I did. I have a Lumigen, but that was before Mad VR existed, and then Mad VR came out with the Envy, and I was like, oh wow. And what I like about it is they do have the off-on switch, like so you can do your A B comparison. But I always warn people, I'm like understand that whatever you're putting this to you've probably the hdr is shut off so of course it's going to look awful because you you've got to have the you've got to change the setting on your display as well but i do love how mad vr is so user friendly as opposed to the lumigen which is more which is what i have it's like you set it and then that's it you're done with it and you don't really play with it or anything it's more just like do your tone mapping that's what i got it for is the tone mapping for my projector but yeah. I mean, I think the aspect ratio, cause I have the 21 by nine screen. So I think that that's like the best feature for me, at least because ne- now it's like Netflix has, Netflix has like two to one. Apple has all these various aspect ratios. Every, there's like five different aspect ratios nowadays. Nowadays. And yeah. it's like, now it's, if you have an ultra wide screen or a 21 by nine, it's like you got black bars sometimes all the way around the, all around the stupid thing. 
That and, was in um what was the uh, oh, what the heck was the movie? Asteroid City. Yeah, yeah. Did yep. you see that? Oh, and they had the, that one yet. Oh. Yeah, they actually do they, exactly what Shane said. It's like it actually yeah. has the black bars all the way around. Yeah. And they give you that small middle screen, which is it's part of the movie. Yeah. And it's like Asteroid City's got like I think it's got every aspect ratio in it. And it's <laughs> yeah, like for that weird. reason, but it's actually part of the movie. Yeah. It's pretty funny, but I like that movie. I, I thought like, that was, I like to see how the mad viewer handles that actually. I wonder if it gets fooled. Like if, you know, somebody's like hard coding in all these black bars, top bottom inside the actual video. Yeah, I don't know, dude. The only well, thing I, tr- the only thing I was able to trip it up on is like, if it's, if it goes to like four by three, then zooms out into 16 by nine or 21 by nine. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like uh, Black Panther. Up. Yeah. So the like way it Black does, Panther, when he first goes into Wakanda, it actually, it looks awesome too, because yeah. it, it, it like, it's like part of the movie. So it's in, you know, your, your widescreen mode. But then when he goes into Wakanda for the first time, he's, and he even says right there and he goes, Oh, I love this part or something like I love coming home. Yeah. And he goes into it and it, and the screen actually gradually opens nice. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, that's great. It's not just a jump cut. Yeah. So yeah, how does the mat, how does the mad VR handle that? Does it not, or does it, it just does, but do a jump cut? It's choppy. It's like pop, 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 pop. You can see oh. the steps rather than uh, making it really smooth. I, unless they fix yeah. it on the newest one, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, that's just. I mean, that's just processing, right? Just speed that yeah. up. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of like mind reading too, right? So, and the reason I say that is the the processor doesn't know what's coming in the movie. I mean, it can, it, you know, it's, it's got a, it's got some frames in there so it can tell map and stuff like that, but yeah. it, you know, it can't predict like, Oh, the director is going to have this thing zoom out and this is what we're trying to do. And it's not just the aspect ratio change. So it's trying to figure right. this stuff out as it goes along. So that's, that's a tough one. That's a real Well, tough it one. is also buffering too, right? So yeah. like the movie comes in and we're getting the movie maybe a second later, but a second in, in computer time is like a day. It can do all of this stuff. And it's like, by the time it puts that out on the backside, it's already figuring out a second, you know, a second earlier or whatever. My mind, my mind's going crazy. It's ahead. Uh, I I would doubt that it's 30 frames ahead though. That, that a lot. I don't know if they specified it, but he did tell me that there's a nice little buffer between what we're seeing on screen and it's processing. Yeah. That would make sense. I mean, that's the only way you could do it at that speed. To be yeah, able to do the aspect ratio changes and everything. Yeah, because you like don't that. see it. I know in the Lumigen, mm-hmm. you kind of notice it. It's like a, just a split second or whatever before it switches or pops up to the fill the screen. Whereas yeah. on the Mad VR, it's just like, it's, you don't see it. It's just normal. It's just instant. Yeah. It's, I know Jim just reading them in the forums and stuff. He didn't want to do that for you. Jim Peterson from Lumigen. He's like, he didn't want to do that. People were begging for it. Yeah. And that's what I love about like Mad VR coming out. I know I have a Lumigen, but Mad VR comes out and it's like they push the envelope and it makes other people like now Jim amazingly like two months after Mad VR comes out with their version. Jim's like, yeah. all right, here you go. I didn't want to do this. And he even said it in, uh, on AVS forum. He's like, I didn't want to do this, but the masses want it. So here you go. And he put it out. And it's like, it's, that's what you you need that competition. Mm, You need these companies pushing each other. Right. And it's like, and Jim's at this point, the, the Lumigen is the cheaper one, which keeps mad VR. Okay. Well, we've got to try it. They've got to compete with that. So it's like, will somebody come out with one that's cheaper than the Lumigen or will that, you know, it's there. We, the consumers, win with competition like that 
Yeah. So yeah, Sammy says it's six frames ahead. Just six. That, that, yeah, a tenth of a second. Or, gosh, two tenths of a second, fifth of a second. That would seem reasonable. Look at you uh, with the mathematics, Charles. I know. I'm doing it fast in my head, man. I can do these things. <laughs> so I'm smart. like, what time is it? Oh, the math. I can't do math now. You nuts. Math, what was that? <laughs> you know, my, oh. my, my question is, you know, we have all these point solutions out there today, right? I wonder if there's going to be consolidation at some point down the line, right? Um, uh, you know, does, uh, does Trinov say, hey, we could just bake this mad VR in, right? And uh, we'll put a, you know, why would they like Core i9 in here and it can just do it all and put a big ass yeah. video card and, it, it could be easily done. You think? Yeah. I mean, I like, that. you know, Denim Rance has the video processing in their AVRs. So, um, why can't you know that aspect ratio how? changes would be not that hard, I would, I would assume. But when you see, and, and we mentioned this earlier in the show, the show in, in the day, um, people wonder, like, why doesn't like Kaleidoscape have Dolby Vision? Why doesn't, why do we, why do I need a video processor if I have this? And when you get to the higher price points, you start to separate things out kind of like, like we, like back in the eighties into the nineties, it was like, Ooh, a subwoofer so that your speaker doesn't have to do all the work. And when, and when you take the jobs and separate them out, each one, each piece does a better job, right? Instead of putting it all in one. So like, do we go back in that other direction or do you keep it? Cause none of these pieces we're talking about are super cheap. Yeah. So now you're going to take a mad VR and put it, which is expensive. And you're going to take that and put it inside a, you know, Trinov, which is expensive. And you're thinking, Giles, you're thinking like, that's an idea I would come up with, but I can't afford either of those pieces separately. But now you just put them together and it's like, well, there are people that can't afford that. Yeah, but they don't care if it's separate or not. <laughs> so, you well, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of pieces to it. So as far as the, is it better separate or not? Um, do you think that Dirac sucks when you put it inside of a AVR? No. Right. Well, you know, that's licensed technology from another company, right? So it's the right. same thing where you're just taking the direct code and putting it inside your processor. So now you don't have to have an external processing box for audio and, you know, you have to plug all the stuff in and then you get the expense of the, the hardware and then it takes up more yeah. space, right? That'd be horrible. Who wants to do that? I, nobody wants to do that, right? They don't, they don't right. want it separate. Um, video processing, you know, I think the masses got their first really strong taste of video processing with, uh, with uh, Panasonic Blu-ray players, right? 4K disc players. The the Pan twenty, yeah, yeah all those, twenty and the nine thousand, right? and that was the first good taste. Um, and that yeah works pretty well. There, there's no reason why Mad VR couldn't be put into something like a Trinov um, because it's running a x86 architecture. Now it would be more difficult to put it into like a Storm that's running, you know, a chip-based architecture. Uh, although it could be done, right? Um, and, but you know, you, you just need so much horsepower that you need that external GPU with all those processing cores to be able to do it. Um, so I only can think of one product where it might be feasible today, but down the yeah. line, who knows, right? I, I personally, yeah. I, I, I would much rather have it integrated into my processor. 100%. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. It's, well, when I ended up getting the Lumigen, 
it was because I was trying to solve the problem of like, I have a Sony, the 295 4K projector and it doesn't do tone mapping. So when I go to watch anything through my Panasonic was great because like you said, it optimized it for, I can set that up and it'll do the video processing to optimize it for the projector. But if I tried to watch anything through my Zipidi, most of the time it, sometimes it looked better than the, the Panasonic because there's no setting to optimize. So it wasn't like shrinking the information, but then you'd get to a scene like in uh, Harry Potter, the opening scene in the first movie. And there's all this black crushing going on because it can't, the projector can't handle all that information. Same when you go to streaming, I go to watch foundation and they have some great scenes and I can't see this stuff. So, I, I'm trying, I searched high and low for a place that something that would do what the Panasonic was doing and there isn't one. So I ended up having to go with the Lumigen saving up and getting that to do it. And it's a, does an amazing job yeah. much just like the Mad VR. Do we get a version, a standalone box or to your point, like even in the receivers, just doing what the Panasonics do for us? Well, they have that, uh, what's that little zoom thing that people have? You know what it is, Giles, that little $400 the, box. Uh, you're talking zoom? about the, the video processor yeah. box thingy. Mad yeah. Fu- the Fury? Yeah, Fury, the HD, HD Fury. Fury. Yeah. HD I've, Fury. I've never one before. I've never, yeah, ever. I did. One. I did. And maybe they have one since then. I think I had the Vroom or whatever they call it, the HD Fury, whatever model I got, it didn't do what I wanted it to do. It, it would actually go in the other direction. It would take 4K and allow you to play like 4K content or Dolby Vision content. It would send it through and say that it was, but it didn't actually compress for you. It would turn it into 1080, but it wouldn't actually do what the Panasonics are doing that's optimizing it for a projector or for whatever you want. So maybe they've come out with one since then. I don't know. But I, I tried to go down that avenue, Shane, and it did. I couldn't find a box because you got to figure if it's in a $400 Blu-ray player, 450 at the time or whatever they were. Mm. You got to be able to sell just that box or anything. Or even if they, if Panasonic put a pass through, which my old Oppo did that, but the Oppo doesn't have the video processing, but you could actually input to the Oppo and then all your information in the video processing on the Oppo was pretty good. Wasn't what Panasonic does. But do you see what I mean? They got to come out with that something in the middle, an optimization box or something like Panasonic has. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's like, um, I, I can still see that being relevant for projectors, but I think that that player would be kind of irrelevant for TVs. I mean, correct me if I'm yeah, wrong. Displays. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I, I still think that's kind of like a niche thing for Blu-ray players, but I could, I don't know about the HD Fury. I mean, people, I, I think Build Montage did a video about it because it reads Dolby Vision, sends it over to your, Mm-hmm. Uh, projector. So does it do the tone mapping in it? I'm not sure. Is that what the concept is? I don't think it tone maps. I think no. it doesn't tone map. I think it no. just processes, um, what, what is it called? Uh, the HDMI metadata stuff? Uh, EDID? Yeah. All the that EDID one? stuff, all, all those pieces it deals with. And oh. Maybe it does it, some scaling, upscaling. I don't know. Oh, okay. yeah. Easy HD says he's got one. Yeah. I don't think it does tone, tone mapping. Uh, Ike's got one, apparently. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, so he's saying, yeah, 
I have the Vroom and it works great in upscales, et cetera, which uh, yes, it'll upscale for you. It'll take that in, in, but it won't, it won't tone map. It won't bring it down to like basically what even the Panasonic, it's not doing tone mapping. It's just optimize when they call optimization for, and you set like what you get for nits or whatever. I think I, I, I can't remember the last time I was in the settings on my Panasonic, but you know what I mean? Like, so you could set it to, this is what my projector can do. And then it just sends out, it doesn't really tone map it. It just, it won't oversaturate your, your uh, projector with too much information. Hmm. Um, yeah. It's, is this a, um, where is this a telethon? Like, are we supposed to be getting in chats? Is this going to, uh, no, it's like a, nope. Okay. It's just just nope. for fun. It's a telethon. I'm going forever, but I'm not raising money for anything. DJ's <laughs> like, this is all about my. It's the telethon for my subs- subscriber count. Let's no, go. no, no. <laughs> Todd and I. It, it's actually Shane. It's a dare. It's not a yeah. dare. Todd, the guy that led off with me this morning, he asked me. He goes, "You think you can talk for 24 hours?" And we were gonna do it, and probably will do it for charity next year. But we were trying to do it this year for a charity, and then just trying to organize that and get it going. It was really hard to do. So we're like. I'm just like, let's just do it. So I'm doing it. And this is what we're in right now. But now it's just, it's just, it's just for fun. So just home theater chat and just having a good time. So. Okay. Well, how many hours are you, is it right now that you've been doing this? I am at, uh, I've been going for nine right now. This is my ninth hour. Okay. And I have, yeah, I have 16 to go. Or 17. Have, as, have you had like people like sticking all the way through for the whole duration so far? I've had, uh, I think so. I, I think I, it's hard to tell, but I have, I've had people, I'll be back in the chat. They'll be like, I'll be back in a little bit. And it's like, I got to go. I got to do this. And, yeah. but yeah, it's like people have started out. It, it was pretty cool starting out this morning and some of the people are here. It's, it's hard to keep up in the chat. It's like what people are saying. Yeah. It's, but, it's all moving. What's, yeah. um, did you guys see Oppenheimer? Yes. Did you like I it? Love it. You loved it? I, you, you actually I, loved it. Okay. Yes. I've seen it three times. Three um, times. Three times. Yeah. Dude. What? Oh. When does it turn into punishment? <laughs> After one. Oh my God. Hang on a second. I got Carl Ellsworth. He's our next guest today. Oh, sorry. I didn't oh. warn you. Carl. It's okay. I was sorry. Like, quick. on here. So don't, don't be shy about drinking some, some beverage. Car- I know. <laughs> Giles just ate his lunch because, you know, it's noon nice. there. <laughs> hey, when, when the when the bell rings, it's time to go. It's go time. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, Carl, Shane, Giles, Hello. Carl is hey, uh, wrote. Yeah, Carl wrote Unhinged. He wrote Disturbia, the le- most recent Red Dawn. Uh, he's been on the show before, and I w- couldn't wait to ask him all sorts of writing questions. And he oh, had all sorts of home theater questions. So he's a huge home theater fan. And that's his, what's that Unhinged is behind you on the post. Yeah, yeah. See. Out of focus like, there. Oh, with uh, Russell Crowe, right? I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Russell Crowe, uh, a mom honks her horn at Russell Crowe, and the moral yeah. of the movie is he gets really mad. You know, yeah. <laughs> I tell my wife that all the time. I said, "Remember what that Russell Crowe movie that we saw?" I was like, "Stop acting up in the car." Look, I, yeah, you just never know these days, especially yeah. these days. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. Um, it's- no, thanks, guys. No, great to meet you guys, and 
DJ, thanks. How are you doing, DJ? Are you doing all right? You, you caffeinated and good? And uh, you know, I, I've had I, my first. I, I started this morning just waters. I went till eleven o'clock, um, no problem. And then I just had a energy. I have my rain. I have one of these, and I, I may have another one later. But that's it. That's it. I usually don't awesome. do a lot of caffeine or anything, so I should be fine, anyways. Um, but yeah, so let's get back quickly. Well, Oppenheimer. Let's ask, let's ask Carl. What did you think of Oppenheimer? Oh, I love the movie. Um, I I thought it was great. Um, I, I, but also, I can talk technically about it too. I was actually, yeah. um, I had I had a chance to see it with my son out in July at the at the Chinese theater in L.A. Um, yep. That the opening week, and um, honestly, no, it, it was fantastic. I for it, it surprisingly. I thought the the shift. And I heard you guys talking about aspect ratio shifting and all that. And you know, look, I, I have no problem with that. But I found the the shift from that classic IMAX aspect ratio, that one four three or whatever, yeah. to whatever it was two three. I found it like surprisingly distracting for about a half hour when hmm. he would shift back and forth uh, to that. I, I was, you know, I, I haven't mind uh, minded his uh, his other ones when you know when you get it on four K or something. The one seven eight shift to his two to one or whatever. But no, so that actually took me out of it a little bit because also I didn't see the sort of if I had seen more of a pattern between, you know, what he was using black and white. I mean, I knew he was using black and white for the Robert Downey Jr. stuff and the yeah. color for other, but he would also, though, he didn't shoot everything in IMAX, which I was stunned by. I, 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 I felt a little gypped, actually. I thought going there, I oh. thought he shot the whole thing in 143 IMAX. So, right. you know, um, anyway, but, uh, I, I'm a huge, well, I, I'm also, I'm, I'm biased. Uh, I had the, the, just the honor and privilege of working with Killian Murphy on my first movie, Red Eye. And, uh, yeah, uh, just the cool. nicest guy. And I, I'm so thrilled for him. He, um, look, I, it's, no matter what you thought of the movie, I thought his performance is through the roof. And, you know, yeah. for a guy to carry a, a movie like that is. Oh, he was uh, outstanding. Yeah. yeah he looked so cool. I'm yeah, all like, I, I wish I, I could look cool like that once ever I, in my life. I think, yeah, it's like, especially I go around every day at least saying this once. I, I, I suddenly just start saying, the world will remember this day. <laughs> yeah, it just sounds cool. And he's the coolest guy saying it. So, um, Don't but, say uh, that in the middle of the mall. <laughs> <laughs> the world, what the hell? <laughs> oh. uh, so, you guys, so you guys were talking about it, uh, just your, your thoughts on it? Just and, about to, and yeah. I'm dying to hear, Shane, did you not like it? I thought it was okay. I mean, I thought it was like maybe an hour too long, personally. I mean, I really? fell asleep pretty hard in the theater a couple of times. But well, maybe you missed something then. <laughs> I'm sure I know I did. <laughs> I think to bring back, uh, it's really a discussion, uh, and really a serious one to bring back the age old intermission like they did in the old days. I, yeah. You know, I, and, and, you know, people were saying, I, I heard about some theaters actually, you know, putting in their own intermissions for the latest Martin Scorsese movie. Yeah. I haven't I seen it yet, but it's like three something hours long. There's a new one coming out. Netflix one? It's like three Killers. and a half hours yeah. or something. Yeah, Killer, I, Killers of the Flower Moon. But yeah, yeah, that one's between, okay. yeah, Oppenheimer, between I, Oppenheimer and that one, like I was engaged with Killers of the Flower Moon all the way from oh, okay. start to finish. Whereas I, yeah, I just thought it was a little bit boring, Oppenheimer. Right. So right. that puts me on Regardless, I think it's a discussion to be, uh, you know, I, you know, I was, what, what was I 
took a look at uh, the other day, uh, the, the, I think it was like the, the DeMille uh, Ten Commandments um, uh, 4K, yeah. uh, you know, a few weeks ago. Again, all of these things, they had nice intermissions built in, Lawrence of Arabia's, and why not? And because I do, I, I'm really on the fence. Uh, look, I would all respect to these huge, magnificent filmmakers. Um, I, I think it's a big ask to ask these days in the year 2023 to, um, look, make your movie as long as you want, but, you know, Try, why not try cutting in a little uh, nice little fifteen minute intermission? Yeah, let's yeah. go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. and I'm going to take intermission right now. I'll be I'll be right back in just a minute. So that's this oh, is a great topic. great. Oh, yeah, thank you. And if you, hey DJ, when you need an intermission, just let us know. We got you covered. I I'm I'm good right now. But yet, are you trying to kick me out? Oh, just uh, kidding. Yeah, <laughs> be right back. He's trying to drop. He's DJ. trying to take over. He's, He's trying to take it. by all means. Um. <laughs> Well, I'll, 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 I'll drop him out while he's waiting. Um, no, Shane, I would love to, we, we got to do, I got to have you back and do a whole show on Oppenheimer because I artistically, I looked at it. I, I just, I love it. There's John Thompson in the chat. Him and I both love this movie. We've had conversations, but it's like for some reason, and that's what I love about art and movies. It's, it just, obviously it spoke to me different. I mean, cause it spoke to me. I was awake. So, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, so like I, I get in, in it and what you were saying, Carl, about the aspect ratios and stuff, it's like, there were things I was noticing. I, I saw it twice in a, in a regular cinema. And then I saw it the third time I saw it was in the 70 millimeter with the, so I got the full effect. And then there are some IMAX scenes in black and white that are just so crisp and clear. And John and I have had this conversation that, when they go back down, it's like you could see some dirt and grain in the film. And I'm like, I'm wondering if Nolan left that there on purpose to show like this is more documentary like. But then when they go to the full IMAX, it is so pristine. Oh, it, it looks there's so much. to and, and it's all of those, and that's why I've seen it three times and I can't wait to get it at home so I can compare it to is that dirt and grain still there? Right. Mm -hmm. And there's there, there, and it's just the filmmaking part that I really, I, I love to, to like look at Nolan's movies and like, why did he do that? Cause nothing's by accident. Right. He didn't go, well, I only made these aspect ratios because that's all I had for a camera on me at the time. He's doing these for purposes. He, and I love to try and see that. I I just seriously, and again, um, uh, I think I, I went in with my kid that day, but thinking, I don't know, I I feel like I'd been led to believe, and I'm not, it's a, that that the entire thing was going to be in classic one four three mm. aspect ratio, the, yeah, yeah. and for whatever reason, I misunderstood. Fine, um, but again, there then it seemed like um, it, like you're saying DJ, he he shot some black and white IMAX, he shot some black and yeah. white two o to one or whatever, and yeah. vice versa with the color. And I, I at least felt, cause anyway, like I was surprised. I thought the, um, the one, four, three shift again was a little bit surprisingly jarring to me, but I got used to it and focused it on the movie finally. But just, just an observation. I love the fact, I love that Nolan is experimenting with this stuff and other yeah. filmmakers are doing that. I, I love to have the aspect ratio shift and just trying new things. Um, it's it, that, and that's just it. Some people don't like it. And it's, you know, some people, especially if you have, like, I know a lot of people like, like Shane, you have the CinemaScope screen, right? I and like that's, the, yeah, I like the concept of yeah. it at the theater. The fact mm -hmm. of the matter is we don't have IMAX in our houses. Your TV is not an IMAX screen. Right. Our projector no. screens in our houses are not IMAX screens. 
Right. It works at the theater. It doesn't really work so well at your house is the, right. is the thing, I, I think. But people, they get so hung up on, like, is there an IMAX scene on the 4K disc? I was like, it doesn't right. matter. Your TV's too small. <laughs> so, right. Like, right. And, the point? and to be fair, I, what I think is that what they should do, because most of the time I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of yeah. variable aspect ratios. I find it to be gimmicky in most cases. I think Oppenheimer, yeah. it works. But to your exact point, Shane, it's like, they don't give the IMAX cut to every theater. So why yeah. are they give, why are they forcing that upon us at home? Why don't I have the opportunity with it? Instead of giving me a 4K and a Blu-ray, give me the opportunity to buy a 4K IMAX. If I want the IMAX enhanced at home, sell me that. If I want this, sell me that. You know, and let us choose because I guarantee you it exists it, with the some, bars. Sometimes I, I, yeah. um, it, I know it exists for as Dunkirk as an example. I believe mm -hmm. the, the iTunes, the streaming version of Dunkirk is all 2.0 widescreen. Yeah. Whereas Dunkirk also shifts to IMAX uh, on the 4K, I think. I, yeah. And I'm wondering if they're going to do, they, they might do that with the streaming of uh, Oppenheimer. I'm curious to see if they, if they at least preserve a singular aspect ratio for the streaming. Nolan's picky though. Nolan yeah. loves hit that, like he loves to keep the, the, you know, the intent there. Although right? Cladescape of Tenet is 239. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Yep. Oddly. Yep. Yeah, it, it's interesting because I was going to say that too. Is mm. Kaleidoscape? When I first got my Kaleidoscape, I thought it was only you didn't get the IMAX and you didn't get variable aspect ratio. And then I started to find some movies like Aquaman on Kaleidoscape has the variable aspect ratios. Um, Wonder Woman, which is only like what the opening scene or something, but there are variable aspect ratios within Kaleidoscape. And then of course, Maverick has it. And now I'm sure yeah. Oppenheimer will have it. Um, but again, with like, I can, if I want to like Maverick, I'll watch every now if I watch it with somebody new, I'll do variable aspect ratio. When I go to watch Maverick now, I set my bars on my Lumigen and I can mask it and I just go bang, basically kind of like what you're doing, Shane, with yeah. the, you know, with the Mad VR. I can manipulate it so that I don't, I don't have to deal with it. Yeah. Um, I did, DJ, I did zoom in because this is how much of a nerd mm -hmm. I am about this. I zoom in on the, uh, on the cover art on, on Amazon to see, you know, the yeah. specs yeah. on it. And, but also to this, it's like, so, so basically, uh, and, and Oppenheimer 4K is going to be shifting aspect ratios. Uh, it, it looks like, but, but, mm -hmm. or variable, or uh, from 178 and to 2.0. But however, I look at that, like, well, wait a minute. I'm not seeing the, no, wait a minute. You know, you're not giving me the other stuff that I'm missing yeah. that I saw, you know. So part of me, yeah, I, I hear, I wish they would release the, as I saw it in the, Chinese theater with, I guess what I'm saying is the, those, those two aspect ratios. So it, it's, uh, I don't know. I, and I, I remember seeing a chart for the movie when it came out that I guess there's, there's also a two, three, nine version of Oppenheimer, right? He shot it safe yeah. for, for all these things. And so, um, boy, yeah, I, I saw know, the two, three, nine version at the, at the Dolby cinema. So I didn't see the IMAX version, okay. but then I don't think any of his movies are in one, four, three from that mistake. It is the IMAX 70 millimeter film projection. I mean, at the at the house, I don't think he's. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, right. Yeah. I, I, the yeah. only no, the only one who's embraced that it seems was uh, Snyder's uh, Justice Later. League. Yep. Yeah, uh, the Snyder you know, cut. Yeah. And so that aspect ratio is what I saw in Oppenheimer. Uh, you know, for a certain percentage of time uh, at the Chinese theater. So it was it was cool and crisp and clear. And I yeah, yeah. 
Uh, yes. Aside from the technical merits, did you really actually like the movie that you I did. thought it was good enough you were going to watch it multiple times over? Uh, right. Yes, especially, you know, because it's, um, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be demo worthy. You know, we can talk about like, I, I've read why Nolan doesn't do Atmos. Um, and it's because IMAX and projecting it on film, supposedly he doesn't want to one up himself when like at Dolby Cinema, he doesn't want to have Atmos there and somebody being gypped out of that at the Chinese theater where IMAX is whatever it is, six track or whatever it is. Um, right. yeah. but, uh, no, look, I, I actually, here's what I do guys at night with, with the, um, I, I, after the kids and everybody, when it's the, when the house falls quiet, uh, I come down and I, to my, uh, my, my theater room and, and a lot of times, uh, Shane, I'll, I clip scenes. I, you know, I start yeah. movies. I watch a few minutes here and there. You know, the other night, like, okay, I'll, I'll let me watch the opening credits of Superman the movie. I mean, just random stuff yeah. like this that I, uh, cause I'm first and foremost a, a movie nerd and I'm like, you know, and I, I, I never thought it's like I was going to tell you guys, you know, when I got my first VCR in 1985. You know, that was, that was just the best for me up until that. It's like, I, I remember I was, I, I would, I would have a freaking, um, cassette recorder and I would record just the audio off my TV to hear movies over and over again. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so we, oh, yeah. The good thank, old days. Thank goodness for yeah. evolution here. Do you have a home theater at your house? Yes. Oh, yes. What do you, what do you got? I am, I'm running, um, probably even mid level. I'm running an Epson, uh, projector 50, 50 UB. Model, um, so I guess what they call their Pro 4K, their their faux 4K, um, yeah. and on I guess maybe I have about a 106 inch screen with um, uh, definitive, uh, you know, Magnolia Theater Best Buy definitive speakers yeah. uh, and yeah, Atmos. Yeah, yeah. I'm running seven seven point two point two. Do you find that most people that are writers or directors or whatever do most of them have home theaters in their houses? You know, the people, uh, not really, you know, yeah, it, it's been a surprise. It's surprise. Right? What's that, John? It depends how successful they are and if they're I, in an apartment or not, right? Well, it's like, yeah, I, well, for me, it's like I had to, you know, I, I had to move out of California for such a room to be feasible for me. It's like, because yeah, it's, um, it's all about, uh, you know, yeah, the real estate and the ability yep. to do it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, it was, uh, it was a dream of mine then to have my own home theater room. I got, you know, seven seats had, a, you know, it's, um. It's uh, yeah, it's it's my happy place. <laughs> hey, Carl, maybe you can answer this question. And Shane, DJ, maybe you guys know too. We're talking about home theater tech. There's one piece of technology that I really have not been able to find out much about, and uh, it's a competitor in the Kaleidoscape realm, and it's the uh, the Bell Air system. And oh. it's like the DCI distribution for first run in, movies at home, like yeah, day to day. Yeah. kind of folks, that kind of thing. You guys, do, do any of you know what that looks like or what, what it entails? And is there, you know, what's the cost on it? I'm super curious if anybody knows, cause I don't know. I don't know. I, I believe it's like 400 grand a movie or something like that for like 24 yeah. or 48 hours. Yeah. No, it's not, it's not that much. It's, it's like, the systems that I've seen, and I, I saw this like 10 years ago, it's been mm-hmm. around and every, every now and then it pops up. And, um, most recently I had a listener ask like, 
how are they rushing to put these discs out for us? Like our Blu-rays and 4Ks. I'm like, no, these are already existing. They have it. And here's the version. And I actually just saw a video the other day where the movie houses are getting a digital version too. And those have expiration dates on them. But to get to your question, that Bel Air system, um, when I read, like when I read about this like 10 years ago, it was like 40 grand for the system. And then it was like $500 per movie and you got it for like 48 hours, right? Something like that. And I think what people are saying now is it's, it might still be like 30 or 40 grand for the system, but now the movies are like a thousand, maybe 1500 bucks and you get it. No, for here we go. A few know, hours, like a few, a few days. Fif- yeah. 15 to 3000 each. Per movie? Yeah. Yeah. So I know the movie went oh, up. I think wow. the system still costs the same, but these are for like, like you said, like, um, the, like people in Hollywood, they'll have their systems or billionaires that don't want to go out. And where I live here, like Bob Kraft, owner of the Patriots, it's like, you're not going out to the movies. So, but to them, it's like, all right, yeah, I'll have everybody over and they put them into these theaters, but they'll literally get day and date. And it's, and that's the, that's the service too. And as far as quality goes, I'm pretty sure it's the same quality, if not better than what we're getting here. Cause it depends on the, you got to imagine these are going into multi-million dollar systems. So it's probably similar to the file that they probably get at a movie house where they get their digital file or something like that. So yeah. So I believe they get what the, you see, the Shane? Full, I believe they get the full like DCP. So, mm. right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was what I understood as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's great for, actually, what does DCP like stand for? What is that? That's a digital cinema package. That you're yeah. 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 So it's funny because when I went to go to Germany, they had on their laptop, they had trailers with like the actual DCP and they were playing it. And uh, there were some older trailers like Lucy and stuff. And I was like, damn, I was like, I was like, man, this 4K looks amazing on the Barco. He goes, no, it's not 4K. I was like, it's not 4K? He goes, no. He goes, this is DCP. This is 1080p. He goes, that's the thing. When you get fully like uncompressed file packages, yeah. it looks like 4K. And then yeah. he put on Maverick in 4K, and I couldn't tell the difference between the 1080p and the 4K. Mm. So I feel yeah. like consumers are getting gypped. Like 1080p could look so much better than it does. It can, yeah. yeah. And that's one of the things I was talking with my IT guys, the integrators and stuff. And it's like, what's the future hold? And it's not necessarily that end of it of like the 1080p, the 4K, 8K. It's going to be like, can how much compression can we get rid of yeah. as the years go by? And to your point, Shane, it's like, you're like, oh my God, this looks amazing. And I just think back to, I mean, we stream everything now. But there was a time when it's like I had Dish Network for my television. But if I could get a hold of something to stream, like the NFL, an NFL game, and you streamed it, you were like, wow, look at the clarity you can get because there was less compression going on than what the satellite networks are doing, what the cable TV networks are doing. So it's, you know, there there is in it, once you can, the more compression you can eliminate, the clarity is you're just like, Oh, this is definitely 4K, and it's like, uh, yeah. But we got a super sticker in there for dollar ninety nine from Chibrubin. Thank you, Chibrubin, for the Thank super you. chat. Thank yeah, you very he's, much. He's good guy right there. Good guy right there. Super oh. chats are welcome. If you have any questions, drop them in with a super chat, and we'll get to them right away. Okay, that's going down as a sounder for me. That's pretty good. That's <laughs> damn good. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thanks, Shane. That was great. Um, Shane's like, I'm making it rain. Let's go. Come uh, on. Hey, yes. Carl, while, I got one for you here. Here's a question from uh, uh, Chris Brown. Hi, Carl. Any advice on a newbie trying to break into the movie business? I realize it's a tough one. Man, yeah. that question. That's wow. That's, Isn't uh, that the question uh, that, like, Carl, how often do you get that, buddy? <laughs> I ask it, uh, you know, to myself, to myself a lot because it's like, it's, you know, I mean, you're able to do it and then you were only as good as your last thing. And then you're also, um, I, you know, I, I think my, my quick advice, a couple of things, depending on it, it's sort of age related. Uh, I'm a big believer in, um, in, you know, I made uh, the move to Los Angeles right after college and uh, use some contacts and called that in. I, I was a I was a production assistant. You know, I, I got my foot in the door uh, through some contacts, and um, actually, I was a production assistant on the Suzanne Summers talk show. And I was uh, may she rest in peace. That was uh, that was strange the other day. Um, but uh, but basically, I, the point is uh, getting your foot in the door anywhere you can in the business hmm. is is um, I think uh, advice that I would go by. Um, and then also. Uh, you know, for me, I, I, I don't know if I, writing it, writing, 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 if, if you is, is the key to, for me, it was, you know, my dream was to always break into movies, uh, theatrical run movies. And, uh, uh, but since I had uh, worked in, so I got my door, my foot in the door in television though. So I started writing sample TV scripts, but, but so it's like, so, but you get, you're getting to know people constantly, constantly, and you never know who you're going to get to know and who you're, who, what contacts you're going to make while you're doing that kind of work. And, and so it just so happened that the way I got, like actually my first television writing job, I would go home at night after driving my car till all hours, uh, delivering stuff here, hither and yon all over LA, um, go home and, and write these sample scripts that then I, but then I gave to a buddy whose writing partner was an assistant to a manager, a literary manager. And so, you know, it just kind of worked it that way. But, uh, yes, get it. I, I'd say get your foot in the door wherever you can doing whatever is available. Right. And, and look, I, it's like, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's making the copies and the coffee and, and picking up, uh, you know, for me, it was the donuts and bagels in the morning is where I started. But then, but the flip side of that is if you're looking to break into screenwriting or television writing, um, it, you know, it's, uh, write, uh, study, study scripts, study movies. That's what I do every night still. I, like, I go home, you know, go downstairs and clip, you know, I'll be clipping Oppenheimer. Actually, mostly just studying the writing and how the scenes and how it's put together. Um, and then, um, and then once you have, my first thing is then finish your script. Um, and then there are any number of, of really cool, um, competitions to enter. Uh, if you, if the, to, uh, to submit your script to various film festivals, Austin Film Festival is one of them. Um, so there's all sorts of ways to do it, but that it, kind of those, it's, it's to get your foot in the door anywhere you can and to write, 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 and then write and rewrite. Or you can just send your script to Carl. Or you that can just send it to me right now. <laughs> the way right here, Carl, if you need to know it is. This is uh, the one. We're in it. Yeah. Actually, we're, we're starting a TV show right now. It's going to be the DJ Shane Giles Carl show. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Send us your script and we'll make a movie out of it. That's right. The good news is, though, that I that, that um, Hollywood is constantly starved for new material, new voices, new ideas. 
Um, it, it's not as if, um, look, there are many, many, it's, it's highly, highly, highly competitive. A lot of people at home writing screenplays and, and teleplays. Um, but the, you know, but just write a good one. It's like, it's not like they have a stockpile of, you know, things that they've read right. that they've thought are great and, and they're just sitting and waiting to do in some kind of pipeline. I've, I've never known that to exist. And so they're always looking. The good news is if you've got, uh, if you've got a great idea, um, yeah, that's fantastic. It's always, always yeah. room. So, so and I'll tell you guys, I, I, here, here is my great idea. A uh, TV show called The Project Manager. That, that was mine. And this is off of 20 years of experience in the IT world and, and doing project work. The, uh, the amount of fun you can have with a comic. Now, so it's not like a, it's not like an action, like the project manager. He's going to close this project today. On timer. No, it is, it's a comedy. So I'm just telling you guys one day, if I ever get, get that, that first draft finished, it, it you know, see, that's the thing. IMDB is going to be completely different. It's, the thing is that I've told, I've, I've had the pleasure of, of teaching, uh, at, at a couple of places. And actually the one thing that, that I, that I tell the, the students, look, uh, you're, you are 90 to 120 pages away from having a finished screenplay. And I said, but, but the, the whole um, objective of the course, I said, you know, you have five months, but if you finish it, you have to, f- then you pass, you get an A. It's like, because right. that's, and I tell you, and, and I am very much included in this where I can think of anything better to do than to sit down and write, which is, you know, why I just, I just turned in a script that I've been working on for years. And then I got, and then the next thing is you get, you turn it in and don't think it's ever finished. It is never finished. No. Um, and I got feedback on it, which I, which is, look, it's part of the thing. I hate it. It's like, yeah, but I nod and take my notes, get notes on <laughs> okay. it and. Uh, now, Carl, let me ask you this question as an insider. So just say you've got this great script. You've written this thing, and it's, you, it's just awesome, right? And it goes into whatever that machine is that processes everything. And eventually on the mm-hmm. far side, you get a, a piece of finished content, though. Um, what is what is the rewrite process like? Uh, and is it are, are there other people that they will have rewrite your stuff, and you have no control over that? So, oh, yeah. yeah. What is that like? I mean, you've got your baby. You know what I mean? And <laughs> You know, you yes. got, got this thing in there that you love, and then somebody just comes in, and the, you know, oh, how did? What is that like, Giles? Oh, me and you. Like that? That's one of my questions um, I had it's, for him it's, as an artist. It's like you're, you're, you describe it very well. Yes, um, you have no. Once you are able, if you're fortunate enough to uh, sell a piece of material to a studio, you know, yeah, they own it. Therefore, they can do with what you know with it what they will. Um, and I've been on both sides of it where I have been fortunate to see projects all the way through. I've been booted off projects and totally rewritten. I've been, you know, yeah, it's like, uh, uh, all anything in between. Um, I, I just, my, the, the story that comes to mind really quickly is, um, is when I was working on the, on, on the new Red Dawn, uh, movie. Uh, this is, 10, 12 years ago. And, uh, and I got the call, I was on it and I, I got the call that they were bringing in another writer. And, uh, it was, uh, a, you know, a, a big name writer who I actually have is, I study is writing and I've, uh, I'm like, well, oh, cool. You know, you can't go, uh, you can't go wrong with him. You know, good luck. You know, I'm, I'm on the phone like the, yeah, great. Uh-huh. Good. Okay. Well, th- thanks so much. You know, hang up the phone. 
And then cut to if you were, were my wife in the other room, you would have heard like a crashing sound in my office <laughs> where I basically – I had a stack of all the drafts of the movie that I had worked on to that point and I had just basically taken my arm and just gone like this. Because it's, yeah, it's you can't help but it's I, I, like I can I can understand, man. I can feel just you know you put hmm. yourself into this stuff, right? Yes, you do, and it's like, and again, I, I actually I highly recommend everybody try it. Uh, and it's not I don't say that it's like or to try to do it because yeah, and so you can't help but take it personally. Everybody say it's not personal, and that's a business. Yes, it's the nature of the business. Yes, I'm going to act like I'm not taking it personally and act professionally, but then behind closed doors, I have to. Yeah, it takes me, you know, it takes me anywhere from 24 hours to months to to I was going to say get over yeah. it. You know, it's yeah. um. It's a strange writing is a strange, weird thing. Well, um, I, yeah, because it can be rewritten, right? I, yes. I was never a writer, but I'm an artist in, you know, painting, drawing, stuff like that. And if I do a painting and you don't like it, you just don't look at it or you don't, you don't take your, you don't take my painting home and then paint <laughs> over it the way you like it. Right. So right. it's like at, at the end of the day, it's like, but I can appreciate like, and that's what's always fascinated me about like, what you guys do and it's like it gets not only that it finally gets out there and let's go to the one we all go to is george lucas he's inhibited by technology finally gets the technology to do what was in his head and everybody gets mad and you're like but that's what he wanted and you might not like carl you might write a movie and maybe i don't like it it doesn't resonate with me but it did with you for whatever those reasons are and that's what i always try to get across here is because just because it didn't resonate with you which means you didn't like it mm -hmm. right that's mm -hmm. fine it's okay not to like it but somebody does like you know shane doesn't like oppenheimer i do but that's okay <laughs> but we definitely know who's right and wrong there Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I hope, but also it's like, uh, I, I, um, also in, uh, I, I try to think, look, it's like, I, I, I wouldn't recommend back to kind of answering the, the, the question that came in about, uh, you know, look, you, to a degree though, it's like with, with unhinged, um, it was a, um, it was an idea that I had that I felt people would, uh, you know, look, you're, you're, you don't want to, <laughs> It's look. I, I'm I'm a fan of all types of films. For this, uh, the disclaimer is I love everything. But I personally, uh, like Die Hard, was a life changing movie for me, and and I discovered Break that that rest. kind of movie is what really floats my boat, and and what I've just what yeah. I love the every person in extraordinary circumstances. So. And that's what I started kind of writing and responding to in my own brain, basically. And, and so, and unhinged through that was, um, was inspired by that. It was inspired by, you know, again, things that turn me on, which in turn, I hope, look, cause I, I'm just, I'm, I'm Miss Biggest Joe moviegoer. I'm a movie fanatic, fanatical nerd. And I love it. And I, my favorite thing is, is going and sitting in a theater and hearing people react and go crazy and go nuts. Die Hard was the first movie I saw that people were losing their minds in cheering this guy on. And I'm like, and, and more and more, I knew I wanted to get involved in movies, but it's like, no, I want to do that. This is the greatest thing I've experienced I've ever had. And so, um, it, but point being is that's what feels when he was hopefully come up with something that I, I hope that a mass audience or at least a general audience mm. will respond to. And then with, in the case of unhinged, it was simply, I, I'm always looking for relatable circumstances. It doesn't have to be, I mean, where, and I was told by the studio that gosh, uh, Sol Solstice studios who were just trying to get up and going yeah. before the pandemic, 
Um, and, uh, and they, uh, but they picked it up because they said, you know, we went home, we read the script over the weekend, Carl, and, and suddenly we came in, we're like, well, I don't, but then everybody started telling their road rage stories. Yeah. And, 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 and that's where they, they found a way and they were thinking, you know what? That's how we, my gosh, every, it's so relatable. We have an audience. Um, yeah. Who doesn't have a road rage story or four, you know? Um, yeah. It, it, well, the other part is like, like you said, Carl, you want to make these movies that are going to, that are in you, right? And that come, this comes out of you, goes onto the paper. And it's like, I've used this term a million times on this show. And well, that's hyperbole, not maybe that many times, but literally, yeah, literally a million times. Um, starving artist. It comes from the fact that you're going to write, you're going to do what you want to do regardless of the other side of it. It's like if you didn't sell something, you're still writing. You're still putting stuff down. You're still making that art. And it's, and that's what makes you the artist. That, that's what makes you who you are. And it's like you, you get to the end of your life and you'll be like, well, at least I got it all out there. It, it didn't appeal to the masses, but it was me and I got it out. And whoever it did appeal to, you appreciate that. And we like Shane, Giles, myself with our shows, we do same thing. It's like we're just doing what we love to do. And then it's okay. You'd be like, if you like it, great. If you don't, great. But you're trying to, you're like making a living at it. Shane's making a living. Giles is doing well at it. It's like, I'm just, oh, I'm not making a away. living at it. No. I'm not even Yeah. <laughs> but you know no, what I mean? But it's like, if, if, wish. It, yeah, it, it, that's it. That's where that starving artist comes from. My uncle was one. My uncle would be like, he was like a fine artist. He'd do these paintings. Yep. And one day, one year he'd be driving this gorgeous car. And the next year he's in like the Brady Bunch station wagon because it was like, okay, well, I'm doing my thing and there's no money coming in. So right. It, it, right. it's, you know, but do it because you love it. And that's, that's the most important thing for people. It's like, if you I think, think you're doing this thing, to make All money. of us humans have uh, a create, we need to create a uh, thing, whatever it mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, and, yeah. It Maybe not, I mean, some more than others, right? And it's like, it's, some people are more creative than others, but yeah, we do all have that creative balance. Shane, you're reading the chat there and we got some, let's get to, I, I see Shane's laughing. Yeah, we got some we questions got a in there. To, to I can't see, how do I, I shouldn't see you in the chat. I don't, I'm not on like. Question for like, Carl, what, what happened with Red Dawn? Like I know that was shot forever ago and then it came out like years afterwards. Yeah. Shot? Like what, what was the uh, story behind that? It's a, it, well, um, the story was that, um, yes, it was, uh, shot in 2009, early 2009. I started on in 2008, 2009. Um, we shot it with, um, there was an angle to it where it was a, um, where, where we had the setup where China was invading the United States. And I, I, I thought that was the most realistic, <laughs> probable way to end to the movie. And that was kind of one of my sort of things of getting involved with it. I was like, I kind of wanted to do it you know, at least plausibly. And, um, there was that angle to it. Um, uh, and everyone I, you know, I did research on, it. I went to Washington DC, met with some folks there in the, in the, in that world of things. And, you know, every time I, I sort of floated them this scenario and they just, they didn't laugh me out of the room. So I thought I was onto something, but then, <laughs> um, so we, we filmed it with that angle. It was completely filmed, uh, that way. Uh, and then, uh, and then MGM, I think went bankrupt in, in the middle of all that somewhere. 
Um, and then, uh, they finally, when it came time to try to sell the movie to another studio again, now this is months and this takes months and months to do. Um, it came up where we had to actually go back in and change the, essentially change the idea of behind the invasion and who the quote unquote villains are, et cetera. And it was a boy, it was, um, it was kind of a mess for a while. Um, but, uh, it finally saw the light of day. (laughs) And so after that's essentially it in a nutshell, uh, what happened. Um, interesting. Were there like reshoots where was there an actual villain, but then did they have to the, the, it, it ended up being where they say they call in, they say it ended up a kind of somebody floated North Korea as uh, as a possible, uh, when it's like, okay, I didn't see how that, you know, but now it's, uh, uh, and there was kind of a Russian element and, and all that, but it's, uh, you know, it, it's, yeah. So there was an actual named villain, which I think is, is interesting to see movies these days. They're, they're very, very reluctant to name, understandably so to actually yeah. have named yeah. villains. You know, we've got the entities, we've got AI, we've yeah, got yeah. the syndicates. <laughs> yeah. You know, everybody gets a, like, look at Maverick. We have that it, by the end of Maverick, you're like, who was that? That you yeah. have no idea. They, yeah, they no. never mention who's, for all we know, it was in our own country. Yeah. <laughs> it was some it's, obscure it guy. It could have been, but you know, and there's also, I mean, right? obviously that to me, it's all, you know, uh, all sorts of factors involved in that. And, you know, you, oh, you of course, you, yes, yeah. it's, uh, but I, I think that actually makes the movies more playable around the world as well. That's exactly it, it, there's right. There's a political connotation to it, but there's yeah, also a, like anywhere in the world, it's, it can play to anybody. Right. And it's, that's so, the point. That's the point. And that's, but, but, very true, but after a while, it's like as writers, you know, coming up with if there is this, you know, it, it, you know, look at that. That's that fact makes things way more challenging. Uh, I tell you, the the because one of the hardest things in uh, for me is right in writing any uh, any uh, start embarking on a new script is and and I tell you this, I'm tying this in. This was a poster or a, a frame thing on the back of a, a studio executive's office. I walk in. On those back wallers, a poster that says, uh, what does the bad guy want? Like in huge, bold letters. Yeah. Mm. And that, that's hanging there because writer, it's, it's a struggle to come up. Who is the bad guy or girl and what do they want? And, and right. Motivation. It's tough. It's yeah. Know. And if you mm. can make that, re- if you can make the bad guy relatable, that's amazing. Right. So like, just even look at like, I mean, go to Marvel, like Thanos, Mm -hmm. his intentions were good. His just the idea of eliminating half of the universe is bad. There's got to be another way to do it. But he's there trying was to logic. help. There was the a method people. to that. Right. Not a bad idea. You, yeah, exactly. But you see what I mean? But I mean, that's an extreme, a comic book extreme. But I, if you can make the bad guy relatable, you're like, oh, my God, that's hard. There's <laughs> like, very – yeah, do I choose? That is the key right there. I'll tell you. It's – you know, but I uh, back to kind of I, – I would ask like – you know, and part of my, again, where I get all, you know, huffy sometimes as, as a screenwriter, as, as, uh, in this kind you get of, in, huffy? I get Guys, huffy. does he come I off as huffy. somebody oh, that could get so, huffy? <laughs> no, let's just look at the stuff I write and you can tell I have a dark side, you know, it's, oh, uh, so but, do not see you on the road. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh God, no. Um, <laughs> um, no, but it's, oh God, now you got it. DJ, what the hell was sorry. I saying? Oh no. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> I, here's the thing I say. It's like, I, here's how I, uh, I, I get huffy. Here's my huff. Um, if Die Hard were made today, I think there would be like a, we would be, you would be required to sit through like 10 minutes of backstory on Hans Gruber explaining why he became who he became. It was like, 
So in other words, I, my question, but, but for some reason, we love Hans Gruber's backstory is very, he's, he's a bad guy. He's, he's once a lot of money yeah. and he wears nice suits and maybe there in the character is where we kind of relate to that. He kind of has a sense of humor. He's kind of yeah. cool, you know, yeah. but, but today we would have to, you know, and, and I've run, I've run into this a lot, which is even, even on unhinged, which actually though, I was appreciative of, of feedback. I, I initially wrote my first draft of unhinged where it was 15 minutes in and, and the lady just runs into the bad guy. You don't know anything about what's made him snap. Um, I, right. I felt like that was scarier. <laughs> so you mm. just, you don't know, yeah. but yeah, so, you, actually you're right. You don't know. It's so like, far, I well, haven't been I got, able to get away with, with, with this. I always have to go back and explain my darn bad guys these days. So they can't just be, you know, a little mentally off, you know. So. Yeah, you <laughs> can't just some. take that moment in time. Yeah. Do you guys get residuals for for your writing? Yeah. Yes, you have to, uh, but residuals are only uh, contingent on, on getting credit on the movie. And so it's like if you're, you know, there's always a chance of other writers who come in and, and, and are part of the rewrite process of you not yeah. getting credit. But that there's a whole kind of credit uh, um, determination uh, process through the Writers Guild. And there's a whole process where the Writers Guild has jurisdiction over determining uh, the final credits you see on a movie. Okay. You guys so, are done with that strike, right? What's that? You guys are done with the strike? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, for instance, like Red Red Dawn, there's like Unhinged, I think you're the only writer on that, yes. if I remember right. So yes. you get that. But like on Red Dawn, there's you or even um, – uh, There's one other guy with Jer Jeremy. Two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So now like does that go in like the – the top person would be the person that wrote it. And then after that is rewrites or do you collaborate? How does that get to like, you know what I mean? Like, no, yeah, there's you said this, you were part of the both yeah, sides of that. It, the technical part, if you ever see writing credits on a movie and it says written by so-and-so and, and the word a and D mm -hmm. that means that they did not collaborate in theory. They did not work together. And and percent really? in a credit means it's a writing team or they work together. Um, oh wow! Um, at some point, actually, but on Red Dawn, I, I, the, I have, I share credit with my. He's a friend of mine, Jeremy. Um, uh, he, it's, uh, it says A and D on there, but he and I were brought in uh, many times together uh, with the producers mm -hmm. to work on it. Um, and so, yeah, that's a little technical thing, but in, and in theory, that's interesting. Um, when final yeah. credits are determined by the Writers Guild, in theory, the person in first position theoretically contributed the majority, you know, or the most yeah. material to the finished product. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's, I know the, I know the actors, it's in their contracts on where they end up on the credits and who gets it. Sometimes that's like the biggest contention. Like I'm not doing it unless you put me number one or yeah. I'm not doing it. All right. We'll give you number three, but look at this cast. I don't care. And it's like, and I get that because that's their brand, right? So that's part of it. And These, it's a big uh, battle. I've uh, also been as part as a member of of the writers union, the writers guild. Um, part of my my uh, job, I have to occasionally be a juror, essentially or an arbiter for screen credits, and um, and so yeah, I've been in, in a part of that. And what they do is that, you know, it's and it's like a jury system. Uh, you're um, there's three arbiters picked to determine the credits of of, and this is for TV and movies. And um, it, it's been interesting where there have been times where I've been sent material from the writers involved, 
you know, where, and it can average any, you know, sometimes I've been sent a couple of scripts and, and to, to read and to figure it out. Other times, at least before the, e- in, in pre-email days, um, I remember on one project, I was sent a box full of scripts of drafts from, uh, it must have been maybe eight or nine different writers. Um, on a movie and it was, uh, which is, it's very typical. It's not, uh, <laughs> it's, it's wow. kind of crazy, but, uh, anyway, but that's where we step in. We, you know, that's why they, we leave it to professionals to figure out, uh, who should get the credit, but then there's limits. You can't credit everybody on it either. So oh. it's, wow. yeah, it's, and that's why you, I mean, honestly, that's why you have the strikes when they do come up. It's not a surprise. I mean, there's so many variables to all of this and everybody's looking for their piece and everybody's looking for it to be fair. And it's like, well, not everybody's looking for it to be fair, but you know what I mean? It's, you get yeah. the phrase. It's, there's a rough, you know, rough uh, angles to it at, at all stages and all steps. Um, right. And not to mention though, you kind of bring it back. It's like, uh, but uh, DJ, I think when we, when we talked the last time uh, we talked about, you know, do I ever think about uh, like how the movie should sound? And I was, uh, yeah. you know, and, and just, and of course, it, it, I, I told you, I was, like, I was so excited when I did talk to the execs and when they finished mixing Unhinged, my first question was, oh my God, did you mix it in Atmos? I'm like, yes, Carl, yes, we mixed it in Atmos. And, um, Cause awesome. you know, the writers are rarely, we're, we're rarely, you know, we're lucky to get, uh, you know, even be there through the shoot of it. And, and even on a sets is, you know, to say nothing of being in the final mix. I've been, here and there and been able to see some of yeah. it but uh, anyway that was exciting so but that was like i asked carl this the last time he was on because and and carl said i didn't know it at the time but he's like i love thunder and lightning so like the opening mm. to to unhinge you got the thunder and lightning going and and the you know and the really atmos enhanced windshield wipers yeah. <laughs> it's like, I love that you say that. It's like, cause I, I went after we stalked and I went to watch like, God, DJ's right. God, yeah, it's like, those boom, 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 boom. You're like, what well, the hell? But sound it's setting is that another tone. character. It is. It's, and that's what I could not wait to talk to you and ask that because I'm like, as you're writing, are you imagining any of this stuff? And it's like, yeah. Or in a, at the other side of it is like, do you, are you so surprised by like, Oh my God, those wipers sound amazing. You know, I, like, yeah. And sometimes, uh, yeah. And even, and, and I guess when you're saying do I imagine it, maybe not so much it, I guess I imagine hopefully being in a, in a dark theater with 300 people and I, with the, with the, you know, with the THX Atmos Dolby Cinema going. And, and I, that's why I do what I do. It's, it's a big right. reason. It's like, cause of that whole experience. And I, like, I was thrilled that like in Red Eye where they had, you know, the shaking the turbulence, you know, of the plane yeah. and, and the engines roaring and all that. And, and in those moments, I, I'm so happy. Because, yes, they did it. Yes. Okay. Do, cool. It sounds so but, good. You know. Do you know what is now, guys? This is this is so funny because the reason I even came up with that question is I play hockey. I'm 53 years old. I'm still playing hockey in a men's league. My son's on my team. When I make a nice pass that results in a goal or I score a goal, I imagine like I'm in the NHL. I'm imagining the call of it. I'm imagining the crowd going wild. And Carl just said, he's like, I imagine like when I'm writing, like, okay, I get to the climactic moment. He imagines like he's in the theater with the crowd. That's, yeah. that's like exactly what a lot of us do, what kids do in the yard, right? And they're playing football or something. They make a catch and they imagine they won the Super Bowl. And it's like to hear a writer be like, I'm imagining I'm in the theater and this is a success. So that's, that's, I mean, that's what I, we do. We're still kids in our heads. Ab- absolutely. No, DJ, what you're saying is, I think is, 
is so important to convey to really everyone. It's like in, in the, in the kids that I've been fortunate enough to teach, it's like, you know, to give yourself permission to it's to have a vision and, and to dream, you know, it's dreaming, right? It's, right. um, you know, and, and cause I've, I've, be, I've become a believer in, you know, to, to think into the future a little bit. Where do you see yourself? Where do you want to be on, on a hockey, uh, in a hockey rink in a movie theater, seeing your movie, whatever it is. Uh, cause mm. I believe that that it, it, you, you can manifest. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying this, the universe does this or that or good, but it's like, it, it doesn't hurt <laughs> to, right. to at least, and to help drive yourself to meeting that, that goal. And, um, I, I totally believe in it as uh, talk about and, and again, answer the same question to, to the guy who asked, Hey, where, how do you break into movies? Um, that's also a part of it. You know, give yourself, but give yourself permission to, to, to dream, to, to, to geek yeah. out in your head and, and to yeah. be passionate about whatever, whatever it is. And, you know, uh, it yeah. might be weird uh, when I hit publish on this, you know, YouTube video, whatever XYZ video I put out in my head, you know, I just, I'm closing my eyes and I'm picturing, uh, you know, Hugh Jackman and Justin Timberlake sitting on a sofa watching my video and saying to each other, God, I wish I could do that. And then I was like, yeah, yeah man, right, yeah. That's, that guy got it. That, you know, that's, that's kind of my, cause those two guys, oh, dude, they, they, they are so good. If that's you, the bar, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. And I, and I also want to be able to take my shirt off like Hugh Jackman because he's what, like 82 <laughs> years old now. And he's like, oh. you can take do it off like him. In? You just don't look like him. <laughs> do you write in the script? Like, do you have Atmos in mind? You're like, I'm going to write in the windshield wiper sounds like this in the front speaker. So that you no. should convey that. Uh, no, no. Um, but there are some times where I try to write in, like, say, like horns blaring, and I really try. Sometimes I try to emphasize certain sounds. Right. Um, but again, thunder mostly, rolling. What's that? <laughs> thunder rolling. I, thunder rolls. Uh, maybe it's, it's, um, I'm just luck because again, I try to get thunderstorms and everything. Actually, the rainstorm in Unhinged, I had no idea they were going to do that. I was pleasantly surprised because I didn't, yeah, uh, said that. write yeah. in rain for it, but, um, um, but there are times, but mostly initially when I emphasize sounds, it's also for the visual. And also, I guess I'm envisioning or I'm hearing what I hope the reader is hearing. And I tell you, it's frustrating when sometimes when people give me feedback and when they don't get something that I was going for, that right. I, that I, that I, that I, you know, I was like, damn, I wish I could plug my brain into your, you know, into your brain exactly. so you could see yeah. it. And it's just sometimes you just can't nail it the first or second or eighth time. Got a brain yeah. um, but a lot of times when I use and I'll put sound effects like a frong for a horn blaring on its own line, just because I also want at least the reader as much as they can to envision a jump scare or to right. envision mm-hmm. a jump, you know, a shock cut there. Right. Um, yeah, it's, and that's the other thing. Like I have VJ in the, in the chat. It, this kind of goes with what I was, my statement. VJM says sounds can also help oh, tell the story, absolutely. which is my, my not really question, but comment is like a lot of writers you set out to, like you said, if the reader is doing this and the reader is going along with their imagination and filling out writing for something that's going to be visual has to be really difficult but at the same time can you cheat a little bit because now i can show stuff that i don't necessarily have to portray you know what i mean right right it's Um, hard it it is and it's like sometimes look you can get away you know screenplays uh are very different you can you can 
you know, I invite anybody to check out like how Shane Black sometimes writes his scripts. I mean, he's very, you know, he'll have a conversation with the reader and go off on tangents just to give you the feel for what he's going for. And I think one time, like an example, though, like what I might do is like, hey, for anybody, you know, this is this would be a great opportunity for surround sound here or whatever. I mean, I might try that. I, I don't do that often, but if at all, but uh, I've thought about doing it. But but back to the point, it's like, no, my goodness, um, talk about sound as as vital these days and it's like i was actually dj i have a show and tell here this is uh, i, w- I want to talk about the Ooh. this criterion 4k of the others yeah talk about there's hardly any sound in this movie but the sound yeah. and the atmos the new atmos track it just blew my mind it's so good you know again the footsteps in the haunted house steps over every corner of your of yeah. your theater and it's just fantastic. I was just going to plug that. Do you need sound that. when you've got so. Nicole Kidman, though? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Say again? I said, do you need sound when you've got Nicole Kidman there? I mean, just yes. a little bit yeah. of dialogue in here. It's all no, good. Well, she needs to react. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Heartbreak feels yeah, good but- in a place like this. <laughs> I've seen that so many times. Which one line was it? What line was it? Oh, line? It's AMC uh, the best. Yeah. Oh, God. You know. Yeah. Yeah. We should that get could, her on the show. Yeah, right. right? Uh, it, yeah, let me make a call. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could do that. I um, don't understand. Is the is the joke about that? See, the thing is, she, you know, great I- idea, but uh, good lord, put other people in the theater with her. It was filmed during COVID. I don't care. No, no, no. But that was on. It's like I. I know it doesn't play as well now. It's like but yes, back come then, out to the movies like, alone. <laughs> no, but you know, it was it was people were afraid to go back. I get what their their marketing was. People were like, "I'm just staying at home." People did not want to go to the theaters for. Um, I, okay, you yeah, see yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but so you know, I, I don't get it at all. Even during that time, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't. I, I'm. I, yeah, movie. It just goes against yeah. the very idea of <laughs> like going. What I yeah that's but that, anyway, the, go ahead that's Shane. essentially that's essentially us in our home theaters just by ourselves that's <laughs> that's right. yeah yeah to me it was an advertisement for home theater for staying at yeah. home and and yeah. watching gorgeous you know <laughs> yeah we got two more jumping in here let me scroll down uh, so we have obviously Brent Butterworth and Dennis Berger <laughs> joining the Brent chat Butterworth. hello 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 <laughs> hello. Dennis, that voice. Now, Dennis, between De- between Dennis and Shane, what are we gonna do? <laughs> oh, Brent, is do... your mic on, buddy? <laughs> yeah, we can't hear you, no, Brent. No, I'm kidding. I don't. He, was, I knew he is. was kidding with that. He's like, uh, uh, you know, is you gotta move your tongue. Is it working? It is. Okay, yeah. good. Oh yeah, I can hear you. I hear you. Hey, we could we could do like a we could do like a cover of "Dance to the Music" by Sly and the Family Stone here, man. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna add some bottom so that the dancers <laughs> just won't hide. Yeah, Brent, man, is, you let me down. Come on in. Where's Brent going? I don't I don't know how that song goes. Oh, so wow. you left? Hang on a sec. Hang on. Okay, <laughs> we'll wait. <laughs> hey, man, it's his world. We're all just living. In yeah, it, so. exactly. Dennis, nice to meet you. I've never met you before. Now we we chatted on you commented on a couple of my videos back when Brent was yeah. on, but been listening to you with Brent on uh, the. What, oh, here comes Brent's coming back. But audio unleashed your podcast, and I mean your guys' yeah. history. 
But yeah, Shane, Carl Ellsworth, Giles, everybody say hi. And hi. Howdy. And let me just say, I got five people in the room right now and everybody been asking me all day long, like how or all week long or months, how are you going to stay up for this? How do I not? <laughs> Thank you. I'm like, what? Seriously, look at this. Am I going to fall asleep? Who's going to fall asleep? <sighs> so. Shane might fall asleep. I mean, we're talking. It's like, <laughs> Shane fell asleep during Oppenheimer. Apparently, twice. everything. <laughs> yeah, it's like wow. Donk. So, I oh. fell asleep on a roller coaster once. Well, I mean, it's rocking you to sleep. That makes sense. Did it, totally. Did, no. I was doing a I was doing a marathon thing where I was trying to where I was trying to ride the a roller coaster at Six Flags. I don't even remember which one it was. I think it might have been like the Mindbender, where I was trying to do a marathon on it and ride it for like nine hours, ten hours straight, or something <laughs> like that. At one point, I just I I fell asleep. So Jeez. if I could fall asleep on the Mindbender, you could fall asleep on a live stream. I could I could see that though. If you've been doing it for nine <laughs> hours, you're not going to fall asleep. Yeah. Not going to fall asleep. So. What were we talking about? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, uh, Nicole Kidman. Nicole. <laughs> that didn't, did not see that come. I do. I was not prepared to talk about Nicole Kidman. No, I was, sorry. Let's here. I was talking about the, yes, let's see on criteria. I was just going to, I was so excited to, to kind of run through these real quick. So here, the last voyage of the Demeter. I, I haven't seen that yet. That. I own it. Great. I, I have a that. lot of fun, yeah. but he, so I, uh, but here's the the thing where it, it's there's no 4K release of this thing, um, but however on Blu-ray they did put surprisingly the Atmos soundtrack on here, yeah. which to me is is again one it's it's almost like a, a Top Gun scenario where this Blu-ray Atmos by, blows the streaming Atmos uh, away. Uh, oh to, yeah, to me. Yeah. Um, and again, kind of back to where it's like, you know, I, as much as I, I love 4K whenever possible, kind of the, the latest example is, um, Haunting in Venice. Again, I, you know, I, I saw the release dates of that and then, you know, I got mm-hmm. all ticked off the other day. Why they're not doing a 4K of it. And then they're just doing the Blu-ray, but the Blu-ray has 7.1 DTS, which, you know, I'm sure is no slouch, but, you know, your only option is streaming 4K Dolby Atmos. Yeah, uh, Dolby Vision or the Blu-ray with DTS seven point one. But so anyway, that's that's uh, that's when I get a little huffy too, DJ. I did like fall asleep on that one at the theater too. By the way, Haunting Which in one? Venice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh really? I haven't seen that yet. My wife and I were going to watch it the other night, but we didn't. Think about what you're eating before you yeah, get out of the movie. Maybe maybe get yeah. some sleep apnea. Could be a sleep apnea test or something in in order here. <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> Brent's like, so, I'm out again. I can't handle this. Yeah. Brent's like, he doesn't know anything about these yet. So, <laughs> um, no, the 4K though, like, and Shane, you, I think we mentioned, you mentioned this earlier, but 4K, yeah. 4K streaming is pre, in my opinion, from what I'm seeing through my side, that's basically getting you physical 1080p. It's like, it's, you know what I mean? Oh, like, is, so it, like, is, is it kind of, yeah, really? it, it, it's like that to me is what's equal. Like it's getting better, but if you have a good 1080p disc, a, a good Blu-ray, that's what 4k is. And if your system is, is good enough, you can actually, obviously you could see 4k physical, how much better that is than 4k streaming. But I think Blu-ray to four, to 4k streaming is pretty close. What do you guys think? I think like iTunes, 
it's probably like the better, the best of the streaming services. Amazon being the absolute worst. Like I can't watch anything on that. It's just horrible. There's macro Amazon's blocking everywhere. They've, yeah. they've, they're working on their algorithms. It is getting yeah. better. I'll say that. Yeah. So I was they, watching. they have the most to improve. I agree, Shane. They yeah. have the most to improve. I would say Apple TV. I think Netflix does a great job. I feel like, and yeah, now I, this is just a guess on my side, I feel like Netflix is actually doing it from the production side too. Like they know how to light a scene for HDR for streaming hmm. so that it doesn't come through crushed and it doesn't. So they're, I mean, they're the, for all intents and purposes, the streaming pioneers, right? So I feel like they've learned the most. Apple just has great bit rates. I think they're doing great production as well. Um, and then everybody else is under that. I think HBO is or Max is hit or miss mm. on their original content. Amazon is probably the lowest, but has the most to grow. So, Dennis, you're saying they're getting better at that? Oh, yeah, they're getting better for sure. I mean, have you seen Gen V? It's so... I don't know. Just on my projector, yeah. it's kind of like pixelated. It's really bad. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I haven't watched that one yet. No. No. But I've also found the hardware makes a big difference when it comes to streaming. Like I can see an appreciable difference between streaming on my Apple TV 4K box yeah. and streaming on my Roku Ultra. I think the Roku Ultra has better better HEVC decoders. And mm. I I tend to like one of the things that I can really tell a difference on is um David Attenborough's Our Planet. It's a Dolby Vision. You watch it on Apple TV and you can start to see some misplaced textures, like especially when there's like a leopard on the mm. screen. You watch it on Roku Ultra and it's kind of perfect, right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, it's, it's, I, I, I <laughs> there's so many caveats that you have to throw out when you're talking about streaming. Okay. Which service? Okay. Which yes. hardware? Mm. It all makes a difference, you know? Yeah. 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 And it, it, it's, I mean, it's all the variables in our systems, right? And Dennis, are you like, running the latest uh, uh, Apple TV uh, 4K? I think I don't know which generation I have. I don't have the newest one. I have the last generation Apple TV 4K. So I don't know if they've if they've improved their HEVC decoders or or what. But I know the the last Apple TV 4K is not up to par with the latest Roku Ultra in terms of HEVC decoding. So. <laughs> So maybe I need Let's to get the new one in check. Maybe they've maybe they've made improvements. I don't know. I've got a Roku Ultra too. I should. I haven't used it in like years, like a year or so. I got to see the, if Ultra, the difference. The Ultra the has amazing ATVC yeah. decoding. Really, really good. See, now I have to get a Roku. I've never <laughs> yeah, no. owned one. Now I got to get. I haven't either. I, haven't I either. think the I think the ATVC decoder built into the Roku is as good as the ATVC decoder built into the Kaleidoscape Strato. And I'm not. They're not working with the same. You know, wow. content, but just and and I'm not saying they're comparable in terms of the results. I'm just saying, in terms of the decoder, I think their hardware decoder is amazing. So yeah, everybody wow. get a Roku Ultra if you can. Interesting. If you care wow. about video quality, yeah. You know, some people don't. So. Brent's having issues on his side, but let me get to the couple of these. I got this from earlier. Chris Brown, a 1999 Super Chat. Great conversation. Chris Brown, uh, Chris Brown thank you very much. I got to yeah. use the boys' room. Yeah. All Subscribe right. to the, at Charles McCoy. Let's go. We also have, uh, Shane just jumped out, but Van Gogh with $1.99 Super Chat. He's like, your go-to movie to show off your home theater. Hmm. Does it have to be so, one? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was oh, thinking see, the I, same I, thing. I take Kaleidoscape and chop these things up, right? Yeah, I, I would need make a, a whole bunch. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah, my go, 
I mean, to show it off, it's like right now it's probably the the uh what is it, the two fifteen scene is probably from uh from Maverick when he did the the two two minutes fifteen yeah, seconds scene. scene. Because I think I love the aspect ratio change on that. I love the, you know, when you really, you got one scene to show somebody, it's like, I go with that. And then it's the, it's the, the details while they're hitting you with all that base of the jet engine, but then he's going back and forth and the wings are going, and you can hear the wind Mm. going over the wings on either side of your room. It's just, there's, you can watch that scene over and over and over and pull out different audio details each time, but then also see how that's all mapped and perfect with his expressions, his faces. And I know he was in a plane and it was actually doing stuff, but still to be for him to be like, you know, and do it. It's just, there's so much to take in on that one particular scene that, even when you're showing somebody, which you've seen this scene probably 20 times, and you bring somebody into your room, I, I can almost guarantee you, you'll be like, I hadn't heard that before. <laughs> and you'll find something new as well. I, uh, I, it isn't an Atmos uh, treasure. I have a scene, again, uh, that I uh, was showing. It's uh, the Dark Knight Rises uh, 4K. Um, it's uh, when um, when Anne Hathaway's Catwoman traps him when the when that door comes down. Uh, after after uh, Batman goes in and to Bane's lair, and it shifts the aspect ratio as well, and it's just the fight between uh, Tom Hardy as Bane and and uh, uh, Christian Bale. Great sounds, great you know you know the, you know his voice, that Bane voice, getting in all the other you know, speakers everywhere. It's just uh, very atmospheric, and uh, that's one of my favorite go to scenes. Oh. Anyway, yeah, I'll I'll flip this completely around then. I really like uh, to use the scene from uh, what is it, The Greatest Showman, Hugh Jackman, and it's the uh, mm. the scene where uh, the uh, I, I can't remember her name. She, uh, the lady who sings in front of the audience at the opera, and uh, it, you know it, it shows her singing and his reaction, and then all the other things that are going on in the crowd and and with everyone, and, and you know it's got the Zendaya. Uh, love uh, issue, right? And she's holding the hand, and then they stop holding. It. So you, you know, the the scene gives you all the feels, right? You you can you get all the stuff going on emotionally, and obviously the music is wonderful and the sound is great. Um, but my favorite part, go back and watch it. Uh, like uh, there's the uh, the two two children, Hugh Jackman's wife and two children, and at one point the daughter picks up a pair of uh, binoculars, and it, I, I just thought she goes. it's hilarious you had to go watch her bring up the binoculars Uh, but that's one of my favorites that uh, that's just a great scene uh shane i believe van gul did you ask me this question yesterday my answer was the part where anchorman is in the phone booth and he's like milk was a bad choice That's a demo scene. <laughs> I crack up every time. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 yeah. At the expression on people's faces when that's the demo scene. Let me show off your theater. <laughs> it's like mm. probably Mad Max Fury Road is another. You know, it's, oh my it's, goodness! Mm-hmm. Just cue yeah. that up anywhere. And how about the eyeball at the beginning of uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine? Ooh, that mm. that is some sound right there. Yeah, I was that X fifteen, Giles. Did you did you play that on the X fifteen? Yeah, yeah. Did you, you see my name on the box? By the way, I'm sorry. Did you see my name was on that box? Uh, dude, there's like a hundred people's <laughs> names on that box. No, really? <laughs> yeah. What's the X fifteen? Uh, I didn't see it. What do you? You got a credit uh, on a box? Got it now. 
<laughs> no, it shipped for me to I think Giles or yeah. Uh, so Miller Chrysler's got an X15 yeah. plus subwoofer that they that's doing the rounds with literally everyone. Um, yeah, and, uh, it's it, made it, the rounds in the chat for you too. It's like in the chat. It's like get Giles and Shane to talk about the. It's like, like it's oh. a good sub. Hey, how do yeah. I get it? Can I get in the rotation of, of hey, I'm open for demoing things and, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. channel. there you go. Yeah. If you'll write me some content, I'll send you stuff to review. There I, you I, go. Like, write me two sentences and I can be like, these are original two sentences from Carl that I'm going to read on yeah. my show for you. And I'll list you as sure. main writer and you can have residuals of my. Yeah. I'm ready. Yes, I'd make. Brett, do you have any, do you have a scene? We, you and I talked about this before. I forget yeah. which one you had. What's your favorite scene to show off your system? I don't show off my system. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have a system. I, mean, I, churn, I, churn, I churn gear so fast that um, I don't really yeah. like have a chance. I just kind of, I mean, I do have, my neighbors do come over for uh, like streaming night and stuff, but um Sorry, I'm 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 watching a uh, I'm keeping a close eye on my dog who's who's descending <laughs> into dementia. Seriously. I mean, oh no. Uh, yeah, you said well, that last you know, time you were on you had 15. issues, yeah. Well she's she's yeah. fifteen, but I just have to I just have to watch her. Sorry. But anyway, That's um, all right. but I you know so I don't really you know, my neighbors like any good sound bar is fine for them. But um uh I guess probably, uh, you know, for my, for my like testing and stuff, I do the scene from, uh, U571 where they, uh, they're kind of confronting the destroyer and they shoot the cannon off because you have voices, which is good to mm-hmm. test with. And I find that that cannon shot, it's sometimes it sounds like somebody's whacking on an aluminum tin and sometimes it sounds like, you know, boom, right? Yeah, and then then they have then after that the sub goes under the ship and you hear the engine noise, which is really 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 low, and then you have the depth charges that come after that, and you can tell so much from from that about how you know a subwoofer's performing or or a soundbar or you know the subwoofer part of a soundbar, um, and a lot of those are bad, but you know it's, I, yeah. I like to push them. I want to push them like over the the edge rather than <laughs> up to their limits. I want to push them past their limits and see where they fail. Cause that's yeah. what it's fun. It's that's what, and that, you know, what's so funny is like, I love listening to you guys as show because you're both sarcastic like me and you go, you, what my favorite part of the, if anybody hasn't listened to them on audio unleashed, they, you guys actually seek out negative comments or overly positive comments and then you'll be like this just isn't true what are they doing here and it's like i love i mean and it's you're bringing awareness to like we we've been talking about it all day at different points but like what's correct out there for information and what isn't and i've said for a while talking podcasting is has helped a lot with that and you guys do in your podcast now i feel like you're doing it more now maybe you had maybe some constraints on the last podcast you couldn't do it as much but you are, you guys go hard at people on like misinformation, not misinformation, but like over marketing something, right? Is that, <laughs> is that a way to look at it? We, 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 we didn't, very kind we didn't way to have it. 
Yeah, we didn't have any imposed constraints when we were doing the soundstage podcast. I think okay. we were just both hesitant to do anything that might reflect poorly on their publication. You know, I mean, it wasn't right. no. There was like the thing is, Doug would never knew what we were going to do, never knew what we were going to say, and never had an ounce of criticism. But I think we both were just like, man, this, if somebody else is going to get in trouble for what we're saying, well, you got to be a little more careful. Well, now it's just us getting in trouble, <laughs> and so right, and then we haven't it, gotten in trouble. Not, so, so yeah, so yeah, but yeah. no, there was never, never any imposed, you know, limitations before. So yeah. Because I'm not personally, I don't consider myself like a two-channel, an audioholics type of guy. I'm more of, I do home theater. And you guys, every now and then you'll touch on it. But it's like I learn so much from you guys that I translate back to home theater. But I also just, I love how you guys pick stuff apart that I are, I know from my experience of just being around this for 30 years. And you're just like, this, that, mm. I never had a platform or the credentials. You guys, everybody here has way more credentials than I do. So if I go out and I tell somebody, hey, this is this, and they'd be like, yeah, okay. Well, go listen to Shane. Go listen to Brent. Go listen to Dennis. Go listen to Giles. They'll tell you. And now I have Carl, who's like, you know, a Hollywood writer. And you're like, go listen to these people. And that's, I am just another listener with a microphone, but it's like, that's what I think all of these channels are doing is like, we're bringing, you guys are all bringing awareness and allowing us to make um, better decisions with our money. And then also like in the, you, you're all doing it in a more way more entertaining way too. Cause I'm laughing, listening to you guys, watching you guys and everything. So it's, it's, but I, I mean, I, I love what you're doing, Brent and Dennis. It's awesome. Oh, well, Butterburger, you. you know, Productions <laughs> is doing a great job, you know. <laughs> you know, I, I got to say about the home theater thing, I, I think the reason we don't cover home theater as much is, and, you know, Dennis, anybody can jump in here, but I would contend that there is much less stupid stuff said about home theater than there is about two-channel audio. The real okay. nutjobs you, are all You are so audio. right. You are so right. Hundred hundred thousand million percent because they are shenanigans in two channel. I'm just so thankful you didn't go at Giles or Shane this week on your latest podcast. I'm like, that would have been awkward. We've never no. gone after the home theater no, guys. I'm it's just the home kidding. Theater I know. guys have it together. You know, the home theater guys are yeah. based. Yeah, they are uh, I, I I'm sure there are some exceptions, but by and large the home theater crowd has been based in, you know science and sort of rational thinking and not driven so much by marketing. I mean, the whole, the whole, the whole two channel side of it is driven so much by marketing and by right, you know, quote unquote reviewers who basically are just there to, to parrot the, the you marketing said, language. I don't want I can't remember which it was. It was a, a recent podcast and you said something talking about, I don't know if it was a speaker or an amplifier, and you made the great statement and you'd said, they're like, they said it has to break in. It has to warm up and whatever. And you're like, when it gets to 600 hours, that's where it is. And I can't remember which one of you said it, but you're like, what the hell happens at 600 hours? Why'd you draw the line there? Like what happened? Yeah. What it's not still breaking into seven hundred? It wasn't good at five? What the hell? And I'm sitting and I'm cracking up because I'm like, there's so many other variables when you get into these expensive products and they're trying to tell they're trying to market it to a certain variable. And I'm like, that's not even a thing. And it's yeah. like, but if you brought up realistic physics to what you guys say, you go, it's like 
well, don't talk about that. And I know a few of them, but it's like, you like, don't talk about those physics. We can't market that. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my God. Right. And it's you can so use like that to your advantage though, as oh. a, as a reviewer. Um, because if, you know, they, they send you this nice set of speakers to review and, uh, you know, you don't have a lot of time in your schedule, you can always come back and say, I'm still working on that 600 hours of break in before I can get around to. Do it. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and I listen to about oh, an hour a day. So, you know, I need two years <laughs> yeah. of these before I can get so, right to it. Giles and Shane, do you think that that's accurate? Like, you guys are mo- way more into the home theater. And do break, you think, is there snake oil? No, not break oil, but it, like, I, I know what they're saying. That just seems to be more snake oil stuff in audio, like audioholics. Or do you think home theater has a better grasp on that? I mean, I think it all comes down to what we're talking about, how much it costs. That's when it starts. People start getting nasty. It's like, yo, I can get the same subwoofer for a fraction of the cost of that per listen or paradigm sub, or I can make my own, which is better, performs better, or my Denon does just the same amount, same thing as your Trinov does. So, mm. so it's, uh, it comes down to price, I think, with the home theater folks. And, uh, that, that's I can my main takeaway is just money. Uh, but there, there are definitely more shenanigans in, in two channel world, right? Cause then you get into the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. cryogenically frozen this and the crystalline yeah, aligned lattices and that kind of stuff. And I don't know. But I think to like Shane's point, I think as you go up the price chain in home theater, I think there is a value there in most of it. I don't, I don't see as much as they used to be. Like we, we joke about it, but it was a legit thing. Like monster cables, you're paying crazy money for, and there was no real value in it. And that since we've gotten rid of stuff like that in home theater, it's like, yeah, yes. In your room, a Denon is just as good as a Trinov. But when you get into a bigger room or you have multiple speaker, you, you, there is a value there for you. And like you said earlier, Shane, it's like yours is upgradable and it's like it's a 2015 model but it's just as relevant today and there's a value there um because now you you made that purchase in 2015 or whatever and you're like guess what i don't have to buy anything else for the next seven ten years so you can put that money to other parts of your room so it's there's many you know but people don't see that and usually when i see people getting upset about cost nobody gets upset about something they don't care about or they don't want themselves yeah. Right. There's a lot of stamps out there for stamp collector collectors that are super expensive. But as I've said to people, I don't care. I don't complain because <laughs> I don't want it. So it's like usually you find the people that are complaining the most. Of the, it's a little bit of jealousy. Yeah. You know? The, the most like, divisive yeah. topic that I've heard in home theater is is around Kaleidoscape. That that when yeah. you that yeah. that always brings out a crowd of folks that just have pitchforks. Yeah. And I, but, but the thing is, there's a value there. And if you see the value, then you'll pay the money for it. If you don't see the value, then you don't get it. But usually when people are complaining, it's because they see the value. They just haven't been able to purchase it yet or have it or can't purchase it, you know? And I, I'm not, I loved Kaleidoscape for many, many years before I could get mine. And it's like, and it actually came down. I mean, it used to be like entry level was like 40 grand when they first started. Yeah. And, you know, so, I mean, believe it or not, it's cheaper now. So it's, you know, that, but there's nothing wrong with dreaming for that, like a Barco projector or something now for me, you know, it's like, will I ever achieve it? I don't know. But 
it's envision it, DJ. You gotta envision that. You gotta close your eyes and it's yes. It's put it out to the universe. Carl, Carl, the name of the name of my company for my I I I do automotive paint repair is Envision, spelled with a Y. And you know why? Because I I, well, it, it, it my sister. Okay, I got it. Dennis is over here going. Where's uh, the Y? E N V Y S I O N. Okay. E N V Y S I O N. And my sister, who's in marketing, works for a very large company um, where they remarket companies. Um, she came up with the name, and it, it, it originally was going to be I was going to do custom paint work on motorcycles. And her, her tagline was Envision It and then Have Your Bike Be the Envy. Because when you take your, your your Harley out with a custom job, you want people going, ooh, where did you get that? So that's where that play came from. And then the company I was working for at the time was like, wasn't working out well. So I went on my own and I took that name Envision on-site bumper repair. But that's where Envision comes from. But it's the same idea. It's the exact same idea. It's all of that. Like, imagine it and and make it. So, um I'm yeah. gonna I'll probably hop off here, guys, and listen in and uh, thank and watch, you, but, Carl. Uh, thank you all very much. It's great meeting you guys. Absolutely. Thanks for being yeah, here, Carl. Nice I really Carl. appreciate it. We'll have you here. back because you know Steve wants to chat some more. I know. I mean, he got called yeah. in or something. So. I know. Yeah, yeah. I got that message too. So thanks, you. buddy. Thanks a lot. We'll Congrats, soon. DJ, and see you later, girl. Thanks, thanks a lot, guys. Bye. Later. Hey, I'm gonna right. I'm gonna take the opportunity as well. My my time oh, okay. is up and I gotta roll. So oh, they're falling like flies. <laughs> I know. I'll, I'll, Just I'll guys, don't leave me alone. <laughs> I'll say hi periodically through the evening, and you know, thanks, if buddy. You getting sleepy? I'll I'll poke you. There you go. Thanks, buddy. Right, Appreciate it. Later, John. Bye. Oh, yeah. So it's hey. yeah. It's wow, amazing. So Dennis, I just let's step away from home theater for a second. Where am I Good God, in? right where you are. This is a beautiful. <laughs> I mean, Shane's got the beautiful setup, but the blurred background. And but but Den- no offense, Brent, but you're oh, boring not. in the background. Yeah, <laughs> but Dennis is like he's swinging for God's sakes on a swing, sitting well, here talking with us. <laughs> okay, so here's the problem, and Brent will back me up on this. The inside of my house is like a a, a, a vampire cave, right? And so. If I do like a ring light or something like that, it doesn't look like this is uh, a video presentation. It looks like I'm being interrogated. So I called yeah. Brent and I was like, do you think it'd be okay if I just sat on my porch? And he was like, I don't know. Let's try it. So, yeah, you know, hey. You're At even least going. Way, with I'm the, not in the pitch blackness, you know. No, but you even got the. I don't know if you did it on purpose or it's a happy accident. But you got the two thirds frame of the screen. You've got your. Your. <laughs> I mean, you. You got Completely interesting accidental. plant. You got your bonsai tree in the background there. I mean, you're oh. like the cinematography is just amazing here. That is and not supposed you, to be there. It's only there the, because I'm working. I'm rewiring it right now. Oh, it normally okay. goes over that way. So that, I'm in my basement with accident. some velvet like curtains in the background <laughs> so oh, so all right where were we we got i mean shane you've been reading the chat anything interesting in there that we uh um these guys are just talking about their favorite audio demos house of usher do you guys watch that here it's pretty good yes yeah yes i haven't yet oh never heard so of good out there so good i i'm a big edgar Allan poe fan and by that i don't mean i like i've memorized everything but growing up i loved reading his stuff and reading like and what they did with house of usher i thought was it's like the entire story arc takes his 
books that it's not written. The, the show isn't like verbatim of any of his stories, but it takes all the theories from his stories and stuff and puts it into a great thing. Did you see it, Shane? I haven't seen it yet. I don't have a home theater right now, so I haven't watched anything. So yeah, that's what happens when we lose the theater. We got to stop because you don't want to take it in just on a laptop, but it has, it it has some really, really good, uh, jump scares, some really good atmos in it. Again, Netflix is really nailing it on that stuff. And some of the scene, like the 4k, the HDR, what they did, it's shot really, really dark. Um, most of the, um, I, I, I did it on my show. There was this one scene when in the early, first episode the the characters are walking down the street during a thunderstorm so it's super dark but then the lightning goes and the way that that the contrast because i mean you go from like almost looks like a dark monochromatic like a black and white movie because it's dark at night so you can't see the colors then the lightning goes and it's like you get these vibrant colors then that goes away it's it's really cool to see. Not to mention the atmos of that thunderstorm rolling across your ceilings and rolling around the room. And uh, Shane's like, I got to go put my room back together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, and that's what we said before. I think uh, what Netflix is doing, I think from even from the production point, they know how to light these scenes so that we're not get that. Their HDR is really good where they're not trying to be so granular with it, like, say, the Batman, which looks amazing, mm-hmm. but it wasn't shot for streaming. So they, it, it's, if you don't have a, if your setup isn't dialed in, that can look a little bit muddy, but because it's so like the gradation and is so fine. Whereas I think what Netflix is doing is they're trying to hit you with some nice punch and it's, it's a really nice HDR for streaming. Yeah. So, I can what check do it you out. guys think? Ooh. Yeah, um, but uh, I gotta bounce out of here. Okay, I gotta meet thanks, the wife. For di- I gotta meet the wife for dinner. But uh, I'll check in Shane, later. Thanks for popping so in. Dinner. Like I said, I I'd never met Shane. He's been popping into my oh. chat, so I hit him up and I was like, "Hey, I mean, we could meet for the first time on my show, and then I'll have you back and we'll do a chat." And he's like, "Okay," and here he is. Yeah. So thanks, buddy. I really appreciate the support. The algorithm is forcing you on me to watch you, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it forces you to see me. It doesn't force you to click and actually do it. Okay, no, it's you all the time. My front page. Must yeah. click. I'm like, all right, let me click on it. So, but hey, thanks for all the love right, in the man. chat too. Help, you know getting people going and thanks i really appreciate it thanks yeah, later guys later buddy bye. bye nice to meet you yeah oh i almost i almost hit remove i was i didn't know if he was going to drop out or if i had to remove him and it, he dropped out and i almost removed dennis no. <laughs> like nice to meet you Boom, dennis goes away <laughs> That would have improved the quality of the conversation by not at, least at all. a factor of three. No, not at all. Um, oh, man. That, Todd, the guy that – now, you guys don't know. You probably don't know how this started. I haven't talked. I haven't talked no. to Brent in a while, and every time, every time Brent and I talk, it's like let's not let's not wait so long. Here we are. It's been less than a year, Brent. That's a good thing. Yeah, Barely. but I not think, much less. Yeah, like eleven months. Yeah, <laughs> I was in the- for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in December, and you had gone down there, so I beat that. So all right, um, but no. My buddy Todd, who does, he writes uh, for AV Nirvana, he the website AV Nirvana. He was on one day, and I do and and Brent's been on here before, and we just do open chats, have fun, and we talk home theater. And he went, uh, we were approaching the three hour mark, and he goes just out of the blue, he's like, "Oh, I'd like to get to three hours." And then he goes, 
you think you could talk for 24 hours? I'm like, yeah, without hesitation. He's like, really? (laughs) So right from there, it was like, we were originally going to do it for charity and then just try the logistics of lining it up. Let's, let's, you know, it, it got to be a little bit over. We have a charity in mind. We have all this, but just trying to do it right. And if like, if you're going to be promoting money and doing all this, it was just all like a little bit much. So I said, I'm just going to do it. So let, and that's what he said. I'm like, let's just do it. So we did and, or I am, and here we are. And that's how it got to, it was all kind of just as a joke, but don't joke with me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so get into you guys though. Like I said before, it's like, I love what you guys are doing. Are you guys loving it? Like, did you think you would, you're both writers. You're both so good at what you do. You're reviewing, you re, you make careers out of the reviews and stuff. And Brent, I, I, I told Brent, I read him for years at home theater magazine. And it was like, when I had a podcast, I was like, if I could ever get Brent Butterworth, I'm like, that would be great. Cause I, growing up in home, and I say growing up in home ther- theater, like I started in 88 and then reading home theater magazine is where you got your knowledge back then, right? We didn't have internet. So do you, now Dennis, I'll, I did, I know you put it sidekick to Brent Butterworth, but I honestly, I didn't know you until I listened to you and Brent. And I feel like with your sarcasm and your humor, I'm like, well, he's just like me. And then, and then you start commenting on my videos. I'm like, Dennis is talking about me. I'm all excited. So yeah, it's like, are you enjoying the podcast life? I mean, to me, it is a, it is, you know, we record every two weeks and at about day 12 after recording, I'm itching. I'm like ready to get into it again, just because I get to spend about two hours with one of my favorite human beings on the planet. And that is the producer more, yeah. m- more <laughs> so than anything else. You know, I get to hang out with Brent every other week for a couple of hours. And that's, that's probably 90% of, of where my passion for it comes from. And that, I mean, it comes through in the podcast too. You guys have a, such a great rapport. We have, so, you, you guys have so much fun and sidekick to Dennis Berger. <laughs> <laughs> there you go and, but that's just it it's like that. that's how my buddy and I we started a comic book one Brightside Chat and it was like we didn't care we just wanted to hang out and talk and this affords you that opportunity but now like you guys with your expertise and everything it's I, I just love the direction you're going I love the things you're talking about oh, it's like that, well it there's so many places out there to get information, the information you guys have been providing for years and years, but now you're bringing it in this way. And it's like, and you're actually, I, like I said before, you're bringing such a good service of like knocking down the over-marketing, I should say, as I, as I, I think I said before, but you know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's fun to listen to and it's like, and, and you do learn a lot from it, so well, it's a, it's a, I mean, to me, it's a, you know, I've been doing something like this since 1989. And, you know, you're always having to, you know, as, as my knowledge has grown, I've just realized how much, uh, as my knowledge has grown about audio and also as my experience as a musician has grown too. Um, I have just realized how much total BS there is in the world of audio. And I've become, it's, it's sort of ruined my career um, <laughs> because I just can't, I can't go along with 
this the more I learn, the less I'm 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 able to go along with a lot of this stuff and and to tolerate uh, uh, nonsense. You know, I, I it's it's hard even to I the the more I the BS the more the, the more I. Yeah, I I I can't really tolerate it. It's, I think it's really playing because you know I got I got serious about I played music my whole life, but I got serious about it about oh eight years ago, kind of accidentally. I mean, I've played in bands and all that kind of stuff, but like really getting into it. And then I did an album during the pandemic because one of my one of the sax players I gig with had he and I had nothing to do, and going through that whole process just made me realize what you know, recording is all about and what music is really all about. And it has nothing, music has nothing to do with inner detail. Okay. Like nothing. That's these kind of nonsensical things that appear in audio magazines don't appear in the world of music at all. Not in studios, not in, you know, rehearsals, not in nothing. And it just, and so now it really bothers me that so many of these publications, whether they be, I mean, there's still a couple of print publications, but, you know, online people in different forums, when they just start spouting all this just ridiculous stuff, I don't care what people buy, but like for, for people to insist that you have to have the right power cable for your amplifier, it's just yeah. like, I mean, if you want to spend a thousand bucks on your power cable, who am I to tell you not to, but right. But if you want to start insisting that, that, you know, oh, to really get your system to the, the top level, you need to go buy the $1,000 power cable or the $5,000 power cable. I mean, it's just it's just a it's such a bunch of malarkey. And I feel like it's and I think Dennis agrees with me. I feel like it's our responsibility to the world, sort of. And that may sound grandiose, but I feel like it's our responsibility to the world to fight this sort of crap. It, but it's not it's not grandiose because that's what I love about the podcast. It's like like I, I keep going back to monster cables. It's like the education that you're giving people that a lot of podcasts are doing. And it's like and like I said before, I don't have the credentials. I know a lot of this stuff, but because of my own history, my own experiences, talking with people like you before I had a podcast, talking to experts that I trusted. But it's like, so, but when you're all by yourself, you don't have, and I'm just doing, I, I knew the, the pitfalls. I've been around a long time too, but to have people with your credentials and your experience and to know, like, and, and, and to your point, Brett, Brent, you, you were, like you both had to write for people. You both had to do stuff. So like they were, you were part of the world. So for you to do that at that time, it would have been maybe detrimental to your careers. It could have like, what if he does this? But I think now you know, and having talked to just like you, Brent and other people, it's like there, there's a, there's a games, that's being played and I feel like a lot of what's coming out now because of podcasting stuff is a lot of people are starting to they're like shining a light on a lot of the um, shell game that's going on if you will or, or pulling the curtain back and letting people see what the truth is in all of this marketing that we've all been subject to because all we want to we are such easy prey all I want to do is improve my system. You just tell yeah. me how. And the marketers are like, I'll tell you how. Right? And you're like, and I love it. It's like, what do you think happens at 700 hours? 
you know, and it's like, it's, it's, it, but it's funny because you laugh and it's like, you made that as a joke, but at the same time, it's like, it's so accurate. It's so much of a fact that you're like, he's right. It's like, why all of a sudden that now I understand like a bulb, a brand new bulb, it's give that like, you know, maybe a hundred hours or 50 hours or whatever it is to work itself in sure. before you calibrate because, but there's some science there. Look what's going to happen with the bulb. Look what it is. But you're like 700 hours on a speaker or an amplifier or this or that, or, and didn't you say, I think it was a speaker and you were like, can't you just go up to it and push it? And like, didn't you say a reviewer used to yeah. do that? But there's, no, a, there's a, so a much private from that. Atlantic Technology used to do that. Like he, like he bring me speakers hmm. for uh, Atlantic Technology is a brand that do they still exist? I think they still exist. They but do. They were really, they hmm. were a really pioneering brand back in the nineties in you know sort of the dawn of home theater. And um, Peter Freiman, the guy who was the president of the company, he would bring me speakers for review, and he would just go to the woofer and and push gently in to break it in. And that's, and, and it worked, you know, it's not as good as, you know, playing like CTA 2010 test tones through it, which really get it moving. But it just sort of shows you that like, there's, there's so many manufacturers, like to, like to the break in thing, there's so many manufacturers that have realized like, Oh, if I say my product takes a hundred hours of break in or 200 or 500 hours of break in, that makes it seem more special. Right. It's yeah. like wine, you know, you can't drink wine right out of I, the whatever thing they make wine oh. in. You have to, you know, it, but seriously it does age. I mean, like, just like, I mean, I'm, I, I, worked, I wrote a lot about cigars and like, if you don't age the tobacco in a cigar at least like a year or something, it's going to be really nasty. But if you age, and if you age it three or four or five, it's going to really get good. So there's, that's legitimate, but like, Speakers, I mean, you know, Floyd Toole covered all this stuff in his book. It's like speakers break in in a matter of really a few minutes. And, you know, I measure them all the time and I measure stuff at, you know, factory fresh. And I, you can watch the performance change in the first couple of bleeps and bloops and whatever your test gear does. But then it, it settles down. Yeah. And, and I think you guys said that, right, Dennis, of like your, your test gear might see this. But can you hear it? Can you, you know, is there an audible difference a lot of times? Is like, and I mean, are there people putting too much emphasis on the, the test gear stuff, like stuff that's not even, you know, perceivable by human perception, whatever it is, audibly or visually? Well, you can go too far that way. But I think, I think in large part, the people who are the, the, the 800 hours of break in people, are, are more likely just to, to ignore measurements completely. They, they don't want to know about measurements. You know, yeah. they're, they're the measurements are bad. Measurements are, you know, measurements mm-hmm. can't tell you what we hear kind of thing. So, but I mean, you know, there, there, there are two extremes there and they're both, uh, they both have their problems. So, yeah. Yeah. And you had the example, was that this week's show? The example of like, if, did you say burp or something? Somebody like I can hear it at my oh, house, and like, if that yeah, person I, says says they do, you'd be like, "Well, he said he can, so I guess that sound traveled there." But then you guys went and broke down scientifically of like the volume and how it deteriorates over time, and I literally learned why sound quiets as it goes further. You know what I mean? Like it's not infinite. 
but it's yeah. what it is, is it's the science behind it is it's mixing in with in the way you broke it down. And, and I do know that like at different altitudes sound reacts differently at different depths in the ocean. It reacts differently. It travels further, the denser, blah, blah, blah. I did learn well, just different recently. air pressures too. I mean, you know, we just had a cold snap here, you know, and, and we went from record highs to record lows in six days. And yes. I could stand inside in my kitchen and hear, yes. oh, it's cold because I could hear the traffic from the bypass. I can yes. only hear the traffic from the bypass when it's in the 30s here. Like, even well, once it gets into the 40s, yep. I can no longer hear that. So, yeah, every, a yeah. lot of things affect it. There, it, it. And it's like Todd and I, my, my buddy I was talking about earlier, we had a, a conversation, private conversation, but we were like, there's so many variables out there and it gets to what you guys do and what you guys are talking about. It's like, it, there's so many variables out there that nobody wants to talk about. And that was one of them. It's like, when, when people do speaker measurements or this speaker is like bright or it's warm or it's this, do they tell you what altitude they were listening at? Because at different altitudes, that sound is going to get to you faster. And then other things, like there's so many other variables that are more important than the speaker wire. The speaker wire is the speaker wire. But you know what? On one give, on any given day, if you're, if the barometric pressure in the room is different than it was on another day, that sound is getting to your ears at a slightly faster or slower rate, which is going to change everything, the dynamics of the room itself. And in, in him and I having this conversation, I looked it up. It's like, do you know where sound travels the fastest on this planet? Through a diamond. Because it, the Makes denser sense. it is, the sound travels so fast to the other side. And I was like, it was like a light bulb went off in my head. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's right. So, like, below the deepest part of the ocean, sound's traveling. And as you get up out of there and closer to the out of the atmosphere, what happens to sound outside the atmosphere? Nothing. You need pressure. No one can hear you scream. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Bringing it right back to home theater scenes. But you see what I mean? It's like, but all of those things, depending on where you are in the world, depending on the weather in your area, that's all an actual variable that is more important than the speaker wire. <laughs> well, <you laughs> but know, they can't think, sell weather. <laughs> <laughs> we were ta- I think we were talking about there was some guy, maybe Dennis, by the way, I just want to say, I think this is the first time I've actually seen Dennis in about four years. It is since February 2020. Handsome devil. Because <laughs> yeah. he refuses to get on camera normally. I this don't do camera. Honor. I, this I is an extreme it. honor we're getting. Right <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't know but, that. And I'm telling him his yeah, cinematography is fabulous. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe I clicked it. I'm like, whoa, my God, it's Dennis. Um, <laughs> Who's yeah. that guy? You're good. Um, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, I think we were talking, there was some guy, Dennis, I don't know who it was, who was saying, don't let anyone tell you what you can't hear or something like that, right? Who was that guy? Um, it was the YouTube the YouTube guy that, that we were talking about that was doing the video about why you should never turn your system off. Oh, that, right? I heard why that conversation. Why you should never turn off your hi-fi. That, dude. That, that was the guy that was like, don't let anyone tell you what you can and can't hear. Only you know that. And it's like, mm, no, I, I can no. I can say some pretty confident things about what you can't hear. Yeah. 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 So we came up with the, I came up with the example of, uh, I'm just picking on famed audio critic, Michael Fremer, whom I know personally and stuff. We give each other a hard time sometimes. But I was saying like, you know, can you hear it? If I'm here in the Seattle area, 
and he belches in his home in New Jersey, can someone here in Seattle yeah. hear it? And I can say definitively, no. And I can prove why, scientifically, it's completely, utterly ridiculous, that notion. So at least we can start there with something like, okay, we can all agree people, look, people can't hear that, right? Because if you said, oh, you know, I think I can hear that, then that person, whoever says that is just deranged, right? That they could hear someone belching from 3,000 miles away. Okay, so you have to... You have to at least start from the standpoint of like, okay, there are things you can't hear. So what is the lo- – but there's things we absolutely can hear, like the difference between the headphones I'm wearing and these headphones, right? Yeah. These are open back hi-fi mans. These are Sony 7506s. Signi- I mean, anybody can hear the difference, right? Because you can see there's a huge difference in frequency response. But like – there's then there's that. So we know people can hear that. Anybody can hear that. But then there's like Michael Fremer belching in New Jersey. You can't hear that in Seattle. So we know that you can't hear that. So you have to draw the line somewhere. You can't just say, oh, what is that, Dennis? What is that Facebook group? That uh, Everything affects the sound. Yeah. Okay. So everything does not affect the sound. Does this affect the sound when I put this pencil right here? Can you hear I'm it now? You- and can you hear it now? Can you hear the difference? Do we have to do a blind test? Can we ABX yes. this thing? Or do we? It's, can we just move beyond that? I think, oh, I think that, you, you've made your point there, yeah. Okay. No, but that, I, you've used that, you used that one months ago on like, if I set, and, and you actually corrected yourself, like if I set this knickknack on top of my speaker, does it make it better or worse? And then you went, well, wait a minute, actually, that might actually resonate. So maybe it would. But your awesome. point was the exact yeah. same thing as the pen. Like you're, you're doing all these things and it's like, and that's what, like, I, and I'm cracking up. Anybody, if you haven't listened to their show and you're not, please, that it's so entertaining because this is exactly what they do. And I'm the same way. It's like you get into the nitty gritty of, because that's what marketing is about. I put they write things a certain way to get you to bite because you know yeah. like the fish on the line, right? And you're like this will improve everything and and like and I know you've you'd be like what? My commute to work didn't get any better. Don't <laughs> use the word everything. And I do that all and it's like I'm such a stickler for that and it's like when people be like and I do it all the time with Kaleidoscape. Nobody can afford this. I have one. Don't say nobody, somebody, and I'm not even, I'm not rich, but I, but don't tell me nobody can afford it. Cause if nobody could afford it, nobody would have one and people yeah. do right. Nobody can afford a Ferrari wrong. Just me. I can't afford it. Right. Not just me, but you know what I mean? So it's like, I, and that's what I, I that's why I love listening to you guys. Cause you'll get into that. Like, Oh, this, this will improve everything. Mm, no. No, get if you're going to sell me something, I need to know specifics. And and that's why they don't want to get into specifics, because when you get into specifics, their marketing falls apart and they just want to they want to be so vague that you go, it's got to be good. Right. You know, there's (laughs) there's a weird phenomenon in in high end audio whereby you're not allowed to simply say, you know what, I just want something nice. You know, I want I want yeah. something bougie. I want a pretty amp. I want a speaker that you know looks like uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I don't know. I just want something nice. But there always has to be <laughs> it's a weird looking Brent, amp. Nothing against Brent, Kareem, but <laughs> as Brent as Brent frequently says, you know, 
they have to provide the alibi and the ally oh, alibi always has to be, no, this is going to pr- improve the sound in a way that you are special enough to appreciate. And it's like, well, no, sometimes I just want something pretty, you know, why can't yeah. we say that? Why can't we be honest about that? Right. And it's, yeah. because, well, and here's the thing. It's like, I, I, I went to Cedia this year for the first time and um, I was walking around that floor and I'm listening to what, one of the things I found most entertaining was listening to dealers and because that's what they're there for. That's what that place is for. Right. So you're surrounded by these people that are just trying to market stuff to you, to the consumer. And how do I find a better way to market this to people and listening to these conversations? It's like, I came home and I went on my Patreon and I told my, I, my Patreon supporters, I did the video and it was like, I got like mad at them and I, not at them, but I'm like, here's the problem. And I'm like, don't let anybody ever tell you that something is objectively better because that is a false statement. The term is, you cannot have the word better, which is a subjective word after objective. Objective, the word objective has to be followed with a fact because it's, this is a, this projector is objectively brighter than this projector. Whether you like that or not, is up to you. Which one do you think is better? Right? So like you can't, uh, the, the, and that's what we are in. And we are in a, some in, in, and I get pushback on this from every, not everybody. See, I almost did it. I get pushed <laughs> from a lot of people. We're in a subjective world, but everybody's trying to turn it into an objective environment. And they want to take all those statistics and all those numbers and tell you, this is why this is better. And it's like, well, you can tell me that car is red and that's why it's better, but I don't like red. So what do I do now? And that's, you, you cannot, objective and subjective are so much, are so different. But in this world, people think because I have the numbers here, hey, and like you said, Dennis, you're like, hey, if you just want it to look good or you want to pay for that, whatever, fine. Mm-hmm. Also, if you just like the sound of that, go with it. Now, you might have the numbers to say this is performing better, but he actually likes the sound of that, and that's as far as he wants to go. That's all he needs. You know, know, that's one of the things we've talked about. One of the things we've talked about in previous episodes is like, like the research at the NRC. That is descriptive, not prescriptive. You know, the the data that they came away from those – uh, tests with showed this is a speaker that most people will like, not this is a correct speaker, right? So, right, and you're appealing to the masses, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, but and that's it, that's a great way to, but you like you said, this is a speaker that most people will like, right? So, they're trying to market something, and it's like we're going to put out a sound out of the speaker that the majority of people would like. But are there people on either side of that speaker that could potentially say, I don't like that, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like you'll have a brighter speaker and like brighter and warmer. We get into that. And it's like, there is no correct answer, but the correct answer for objective would be, how does this perform and what does it do at each frequency range? How you, how that is perceived by you, that's the subjective part. But yeah. to actually say one is better than the other, it's, that's not up to anybody to tell you, which kind of Dennis is like what I, I understand what you guys were saying earlier. Like nobody can tell you what you hear, which 
is kind of a true statement, but you also can't do like what Brent's saying is like, you can't be in Seattle saying, I heard my brother burp in Jersey. That doesn't work. But if you're in a room and you go, I like that one better, don't let anybody tell you that the speaker on the left is the better speaker and you like the right one. So you're wrong. No, that's not the way it, it that's not the way it works. I, I can physically like the other one because I see and it. And especially when, and that's why we love blind tests, right? Be like, I, I'll tell you like, okay, here, listen to these two things. And if it, you tell me which one's right. And, and you guys have talked about this. A lot of people don't want to do that. Oh, especially yeah. reviewers. They, they back away because they know they know inside I'm probably going to be wrong. And then here goes all my marketing. <laughs> well, their opinions are going to change. I mean, like Paul Barton, the guy who started uh, PSB speakers. I mean, I, I had him on a panel once and that was one of the things he really stressed was that as soon as you hide the identities of the products, everything changes. And he threw his arms up like that. And it's really true. I mean, I've done, I, I, I've been kind of, I mean, you know, blind testing has been my thing for, since the early nineties. Hmm. And just because I realized that the more blind you make the test and the better you get your levels matched, um, the more, a lot of differences start to disappear and a lot of biases start to be proven wrong. And yeah. I think I think it's okay to, to, to sort of reflect Dennis's point. I think it's perfectly okay to, for people to buy whatever audio products they want, but blind testing helps you uh, get past uh, claims that are that are ridiculous or wrong, and it also ends up saving you money, right? If you if you go blind test two speakers and, and one of them's I. Or, or we're doing microphones now for wire cutter and it's really shocking some of the results we're getting and it just you can go spend fifty thousand bucks on a vintage mic if you want to but then you can go buy microphones for under 100 bucks that are really really good and i guess if you still want to do the vintage hey man if i own some fancy studio i want a vintage mic and it would impress people but like for the actual for someone who's actually recording music, you know, a, an SN57 works amazingly. That's a sure microphone. It's like 100, under a hundred bucks. Works amazing. Same with speakers. You know, there's so many, so many good speakers for, I shouldn't say so many. There's a lot of good speakers that are relatively inexpensive and there's a lot of really junky speakers. I shouldn't say junky, not very well designed or unwisely voiced speakers that are really expensive. I mean, you go, you go to an audio show, a you know, two-channel audio show, and you will hear, you'll walk into rooms and go like, what are they, what are they doing? And these speakers will be ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a pair. And the with once you have blind testing, you 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 don't fall for that anymore, and that yeah. that's also you know I honestly when I bought an ABX box, which is like sort of the ultimate blind testing device because anybody can set up their own blind test all by themselves and it's double blind. You don't know what you're hearing. And once I got that thing and really started to go through amplifiers, I was just like, boy, I keep flunking these tests. I keep I keep showing mm. that I can't identify. You know, I can't tell one amp from another in this ABX test. And ABX is where you listen to A, you listen to B, and then you listen to X, and you tell whether X is A or B, right? Yeah. 
And if you I, score, yeah. you know, if you score, uh, you know, if you, if you do, you know, 15 or 20 trials of that and you end up getting 70, 75 percent of them right, then you're statistically significant. And that's yeah. the difference. But like I end up like 50 50 all the time, like, yeah. it's, which is I might as well just flip a coin. And yeah. that that really that changed my mind a lot. And it just made me realize, like, you know. It's unless you've just got speakers that are really brutally hard to drive. Um, it's just and, and, you know, above a certain level of quality, like above, like, you know, some of these little amps you get off Amazon for like 20 bucks or something. Yeah. I mean, you know, the little tiny class D ones. All right. So fine. So let's get above that quality because that in some cases will barely even get your speaker working. But like get up to a reasonable level of quality. And beyond that, you're kind of paying for a lot of cosmetics and and backstory and marketing. And granted, that's fine. My ideal amp would be an EL84 powered tube amp for purely emotional reasons. Um, yeah. And that's why I'd rather have that than any solid state amp. And you can only do push-pull EL84s will only do, you know, Tim Watts' channel, 12 maybe yeah. if you get lucky. Um, but that's a really cool product to me. And I think that, and I know so many guys, I know a lot of vintage audio guys and, um, and they are really into the product for what it is. And the products, ah, some of those vintage speakers are pretty horrifying, but uh, the amps all work fine. Those vintage receivers, a lot of them are awesome. You know, vintage turntables, a lot of them are great. Yeah, it's, I like the, like the ABX thing. I've never put it, I always say I'm ABing and I do it for scenes. And now people Mm -hmm. are, where I get on my show, it's like, oh, I hear this all the time. DTSX is better than Atmos. Well, they both do the exact same thing. They both hit the frequency responses the exact same way. They both have the, they're both capable of the exact same thing. It's now, how, DTSX, maybe when they produce the producer, the sound designer on that might have the better mix or they're, they're doing something different, but they're both capable. It's like this paintbrush is better than this one because Van Gogh used it. Well, what the heck, right? It's the, it's the same thing. I mean, it's still it, the artist on the other side. It's like DTSX can't do anything extra that Atmos can't do. So it's not the codex that better. And then when you get a movie like we had, uh, Jurassic Park Dominion came out on Kaleidoscape and Atmos and DTSX on disc. So now you can do that AB and I, now I'm going to call it ABXing. And what I found is like I can switch back and forth fairly rapidly with my system. And what I found was, like you said, Brent, it's like you you go, oh, well, that one's clearly better. And it's like because you had a preconceived notion. But then as I start flipping back and forth faster, I'll be like, see, that one's better. Oh, wait, that was the other one. Yeah. <laughs> and then you yes. start going and you keep going and you're like, I can't tell them apart. I'm going to be honest. It's like and it is so and if there is a difference, it's so infinitesimal that I'm like, I can barely tell on an AB if I can. Never mind. If you walked into my room, you're going to be able to say which codec that is. Forget it. You know, yeah. it's you can't do that stuff. It's yeah, but yeah. I, I love what you guys are doing. I do. I, I oh, love that. You. It's thanks, every, every time. I wish. It, so when are you going to every week? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when I win the lottery, maybe. Or, oh, there you uh, go. Uh, it is a lot of work. I mean, you know, we we put oh, a lot I of know. work into editing those things, and 
you know, I'd say the edits, I don't know about you, Dennis, my edits take about six hours usually. I Mine tend to take about eight. So, but you're, okay. you've been at this way longer than I have and you're better at it than I am. So well, you're going to be faster. I don't, I don't know, but I think I'm just more, I think I'm just more confident in my judgments. Maybe, maybe you are because I've been, I can, you know, I can, I, that's, you sound like I, I used to be. I used to edit my, I did an audio only podcast with my buddy John and I used to spend six to eight hours editing my podcasts. And since I went to this and I'm doing video, video alone will help you speed up. I'm not saying you have to publish it, but if you can record with video, there's so many things you can put in there that will help you speed up your editing process. And it's, I, I, I'd love to talk to you guys about it and help you maybe streamline your system. And then, well, it's a benefit to me because then maybe you'll do it once a week. (laughs) But I, but the other thing is I don't own a webcam and I don't want a webcam because if I owned a webcam, people are going to want me to do live streams, which I don't want to do except for you. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you. And I appreciate it. That is awesome. Yeah. But yeah, a conundrum there. But you you don't even need any quality or anything like that. I could I, I'll tell you we, we can uh, I'll, I'll I'll hit Brent up and we'll we'll get together and um I okay. I can definitely you can use it or you don't have to use it. But it's like I found like hey Joe how we doing buddy we're doing good my buddy this well. is my we're buddy well. Joe we're doing well oh look hey, at Joe. you I'm trying to be all hey, this is Joe Dennis Berger Brent Butterworth they do um audio unleashed which. I got to have you back so I can record it appropriately because I want you guys to say, I want Brent to say the whole well, uh, We can do it now. We've, we've never done it with video before. That's true. We haven't. So oh. we can do it right now. This is the, audio unleashed. See? Okay. Now I go. got that. The now I happened. need you. Now I need Brent to say this is bright side. Home theater out of okay. Dallas. See? I mean, come on. What do you think I was thinking? Get out of here without paying me? Are right, you ready? <laughs> yeah. This is Brightside Home Theater. Oh, that? Chills. Joe, is that gold? Chills. Come on. Chills. Come on. Jeez. Absolutely chills. Uh, there we go. Look at this. And we got Johnny Speakers, 499 Super Chat, Brightside and Audio Unleashed are my favorite two podcasts. So hey, there you that, go. That you, you have excellent taste, Johnny. Yeah. Well, with a name like Johnny Speakers. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, are you guys going to be at Expona? I know you, you get, have you been to that recently? No, not this oh, year. Oh, that's, in, that's the Chicago show, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Never say never. I don't know. It depends on, I'm not going to CES this year because there's no audio there anymore. So, oh. uh, who knows? Maybe. Okay. I am. I'm going. I got some, Johnny's one of them. Another one, Mikey, Ooh. my buddy Mikey. I'm going to be in Chicago for audio, uh, for, uh, Expona next year. So uh maybe hopefully I'll see you guys there. That would be nice. That would be to great. Me, did I forgot I see that Brent, did you even you didn't go to CD this year, did you? No. Uh my boss went. I went to NAM. NAM is like my only like regular show. National Association oh, okay. of Music Merchants, which is where you get music stuff and Okay. USB interfaces and microphones and a lot of this other stuff I cover now probably as much as I cover, you know, audio, like consumer audio gear at this point. So it's better. This is how much of an audio guy I am. He said he went to NAM, but I was about to thank him for his service. (laughs) (laughs) Joe. That is a funny joke. 
That's good. Because there are some who would say, because yeah. like if you go to the drum section of Nam, right. <laughs> it's kind of like what I would imagine being in a, in a firefight would be Could like. They, do they play Apocalypse of, now there? Is, are you allowed to of, do that? It's a bunch of schmoes sitting there banging like. Oh, my God. On, on a million drums. They give you earplugs when you when you get the badge for Nam. <laughs> oh, so. So. Hey guys, That's I, awesome. I got a roll. I got a. I, yeah, I yeah. Visit uh, in okay. half an hour. Brent, thank so. you very much. I appreciate the time. Well, uh, Dennis, thanks for you having ta- us oh, on. Taking off too. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Hey Fred. This has been a Hey Fred production with theme music by Jeff Bernhardt and Throne Vault Productions.